Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and you're listening to the Astrology Podcast. This is episode 182, where Lisa Scheim and myself present the horoscope forecast for the month of December of 2018 for all 12 signs of the zodiac from Aries through Pisces. For more information about how to subscribe to the podcast and help support the production of future episodes by becoming a patron, please visit theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe. We recommend listening to these horoscopes from the perspective of your ascendant or rising sign primarily, although you can also listen to them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you have a day chart, or your moon sign, especially if you have a night chart. Right now I'm going to quickly list off the approximate timestamps in the audio file for when our forecast for each sign of the, zodi- of the zodiac begins. That way you can jump forward to the specific sign that you want to listen to. We start with Aries, which begins at 2 minutes into the audio file. Taurus begins at 23 minutes and approximately 39 seconds. Gemini begins at 41 minutes and 41 seconds. Cancer at 56 minutes and 42 seconds. Leo at 1 hour, 13 minutes, 40 seconds. Virgo at 1 hour, 32 minutes, 43 seconds. Libra at 1 hour, 54 minutes, 43 seconds. Scorpio at 2 hours, 13 minutes, 3 seconds. Sagittarius, 2 hours, 33 minutes, 46 seconds. Capricorn, 2 hours, 52 minutes, 9 seconds. Aquarius, 3 hours, 12 minutes, 6 seconds. And finally, Pisces at 3 hours, 33 minutes, and 12 seconds. Alright, so without further ado, let's jump right into the horoscopes for December, starting with Aries. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Aries and Aries Rising for the month of December of 2018. Joining me today is Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Chris. And we're going to be looking at the planetary transits and the movements of the planets relative to your horoscope for uh, basically the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it. So first we have just the circular chart for those of you with Aries rising, where Aries is your first house, uh, first whole sign house, and that's the primary thing that we recommend looking at our horoscopes from the perspective of is your rising sign, although you can also look at them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you have a day chart, or your moon sign, especially if you have a night chart. So this shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and how far through the signs of the zodiac they'll get by the end of the month. Um, but let's actually jump to our other chart, which actually shows the dates when the planets will move into certain signs. It also shows um, the lunations, the new moon and full moon, as well as planetary direct or retrograde stations. So this is a good starting point because we can see um, the very first thing that happens if we move through chronologically is we have two planets move into Scorpio at the beginning of the month, with Mercury first moving into Scorpio or retrograding back into Scorpio on December 1st, and then Venus moving direct into Scorpio on December 2nd. So for those of you with um, with Aries rising, Scorpio is going to be your 8th whole sign house, which is typically one of the things associated with the 8th house is it's the area of uh, shared resources and shared finances, or other people's money in general. So usually when planets move through the 8th house, they tend to bring up issues related to other people's money, either of a close partner or sometimes just other people in your life in general. Right. And it's interesting that they're both going back into your 8th house because um, uh, it it kind of shows that there's going to be um, a wrapping up or a, a kind of a tail end of revisiting of some of the topics that you've been dealing with for a while in that realm because Mercury's going back into that house and then Venus 
is covering the same territory that it was doing in September, October. Venus was in Scorpio back then before it went into Libra. And so now it's going back through your eighth house for the entire month of December. Right. So we had that whole Venus retrograde where Venus stationed there. And so sometimes that has to do with um, some topic that came up a few months ago with respect to shared resources probably in your life. There's other eighth house topics. I mean, the eighth house can sometimes have to do with issues pertaining to mortality, issues per pertaining to inheritance. Um, even sometimes like hidden or sometimes like occult matters can sometimes come up as like interesting or, or weird uh, eighth house type topics. Um, but generally, since this is planets returning back to that sign, it should be bringing something back up that maybe you dealt with a few months ago and you thought you had finished, but perhaps you need to revisit or return to during the course of the, especially the early part of this month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And also anything having to do with like mortgages, loans, um, other sorts of um, financial topics like that also go in the eighth house. Right. We always laugh. We were doing a delineation, what, earlier this month. It was like a group reading for our local astrology group, and somebody has heavy eighth house placements. And we were trying to describe that. And it was also connected with their 11th house of groups and friends and organizations and trying to explain that thing of how you know shared resources or other people's money should be a major feature in their life. And they ended up having something really funny, didn't mm -hmm. they? Like very literal. Yeah, it was something like a foundation for like dealing with people's estates. Right. Yeah. They worked mm -hmm. for a, a like an organization or a foundation for dealing with people's estates, which really nicely brought all of those topics together. Right. So it doesn't always have to be so literal like that, but just the notion of returning back to and bringing to completion, um, or bringing full circle some things having to do with other people's money as one of the themes that you might be dealing with this month. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's the early part of the month. Um, later in the first week of December, it looks like we have Mercury eventually at stations direct on December 6th. So that's the end of the Mercury retrograde, more or less. Um, but it's in the eighth house. So again, it's just for them, for people with Aries rising, it should be focusing on those eighth house topics. Right. So there may be sort of a temporary punctuation around some of those topics at that time, even though it'll still be ongoing through the month. Yeah, sometimes it. Is like earlier, like a week or two or three earlier when Mercury stationed retrograde. Sometimes there may have been um, some sort of snafu or miscommunication or other thing like that that then you have to push through or has to be resolved over the course of the next few weeks. And usually the direct station is the point where you start to come out of that and things start to be rectified or put back into place that previously had gone awry. Mm -hmm. All right. So the day after that, December 7th, we have a new moon in Sagittarius, which is taking place in your ninth whole sign house if you have Aries rising. So a new moon or a new beginning and setting the new foundations with respect to the ninth house and topics like education, travel, one's personal philosophy or beliefs, and other topics like that. Mm -hmm. So it could be a, um, a new beginning in terms of making travel plans, making plans for a, a course of study, um, that sort of thing. And this is also going to be an area of life that you will be having some focus on in the first few weeks of the month anyway, because the sun travels through Sagittarius for approximately the first three out of the four weeks of December. So there'll be a focus um, for the first few weeks, and especially during that new moon, on um, those, those types of ninth house topics. Right. And this is just emphasizing we've got, as you said, the sun is going through there. So this is something people with Aries rising experience as an activation in this part of their chart every year around this time. 
but also really emphasizes or re sort of echoes a lot of what we were talking about last month with Jupiter going into this same sign and really emphasizing a lot of these topics over the course of the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. So this new moon, while Jupiter's ingress may have started to sort of push things in that direction a little bit, this new moon is really going to lay the seeds of some of those developments over the course of the next six months. And then eventually we'll have a full moon there uh, sometime early next year. I guess not early, but more towards the spring in the northern hemisphere. So what is six months yeah, from, from so, now, like May, so June? In June, yeah. So in June, there'll be a full moon. So whatever you start at this time, like if you start a course of study or if you um, start planning for a trip or other things, other ninth house topics like that, whatever foundation you lay this month in December will eventually come to fruition sometime around June of next year when you have a full moon in that sign. Mm-hmm. And for ever, anyone who is Aries or Aries rising and not planning a trip or not going back to school, it can also be more subtle than that, but something having to do with your belief system, your worldview. Um, so don't worry if like maybe materially you don't have the funds to you know, be taking long distance travel or you know, a course of study at the university. Um, there can still be other ninth house topics like um, even studying astrology, things like that that don't require like formality that still be, could be going on. Yeah, definitely. Um, even just like the ninth house often just has to do with that which is foreign and sometimes having a new development in your life where you're exposed to something that's foreign from your own background and whatever that is that pushes you outside of your usual comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, this seems to be that new moon is really sort of inching towards that or is really implying something like that as a new development in people's lives at this time. Mm -hmm, for sure. All right, so that that's still we're still talking about the first like week of the month, but that, that eventually wraps up the first week, and then we move forward to the second week of December, where Mercury had retrograded back into Scorpio. It's stationed direct on the sixth, and by the time we get to the twelfth, Mercury actually is moving forward again and it ingresses back into Sagittarius. So it's actually still retreading old ground, and it moves back into the ninth house. Um, which again just reemphasizes some of those ninth house topics that we were talking about earlier pertaining to the new moon, the sun's ingress through Sagittarius, as well as Jupiter's ingress through that sign. Yeah. So, especially for that about week, week and a half in the middle of the month, where you have the sun and Mercury both in the ninth house, there'll be um, an extra emphasis there in terms of all the topics we were just mentioning. Right. So that is a lot of planets traveling through. And you can really see it in the circular chart where everything's just clustered up in the ninth house in the top right part of this chart. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So that kind of wraps up the second week of the month. And then eventually, most of the action in the third week of the month doesn't really happen until the 21st and 22nd, where we get the sun's usual sort of annual ingress into Capricorn, which takes place on the 21st, which is the winter solstice for those in the Northern Hemisphere. And immediately after that, the day after that, we actually have a full moon which takes place in the opposite sign, which is Cancer, which for those with Aries rising, of course, this is your fourth house of your home, your living situation, your, your parents, sometimes very literally, or the people who are like parents to you, and family in general. Uh, a full moon represents a culmination of events. So there's some sort of culmination of events with respect to that area of your life perhaps that's been building up especially over the course of the past 6 months. Mhm. Mm yeah. And this also takes place so so the sun shifts to Capricorn and it starts putting an emphasis on your 10th house of career rather than the 9th house topics. 
And then when that full moon happens in the fourth house of home, um, those are the two houses that also are going to have eclipses this year. We've had one in Cancer so far. So even though this is a regular full moon in Cancer, you may notice that while it's a, a culmination of sorts, it also may be still a part of like a longer term process that's happening for you right now uh, with regard to home and family. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people actually last month asked us why we didn't talk about the nodes. The nodes actually switched in, into Cancer, into Cancer and Capricorn <laughs> last month. And part of the reason we didn't focus on that a lot is because the nodes are primarily the um, they're the eclipse points. They're actually just hypothetical points <laughs> where it shows when the path where the path of the sun intersects with the path of the moon. And as a result of that, the nodes really become the most relevant to events in our lives, especially around the time of eclipses, because you use the nodes as mathematical points in order to determine when and where eclipses will take place. So part of what you're getting to and part of what you're alluding to just now is that with the nodes shifting from the Leo Aquarius axis and now moving into the Cancer Capricorn axis, what's about to start happening is we're about to start getting a couple of years worth of eclipses in Cancer and Capricorn, which for you with Aries rising is your, your fourth house of your home, your, your family and your private life, and your 10th house of your career, your life direction, uh, authority figures for you like bosses or people that are superiors. Uh, and other things like that. You're about to start having a lot of major developments and, and culminations of events with respect to that area of your life. And all of that really begins to get set up this month when we have the sun move into Capricorn and we have that full moon taking place in Cancer here in your fourth house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So um, that that's definitely going to get more serious next month because I think we actually have our very first eclipse in Capricorn taking place in January, mm -hmm. and that's the first in a set of three. But we'll have to hold off on talking about that uh, until next month, of course. Right. We want to get ahead of ourselves. No. All right. So that's bringing us then finally to the very end of the month. What's interesting about this year is that for some reason on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, there's a couple of pretty major little shifts that take place around that time. So the main one that we can see here on the calendar is that Mars moves into Aries on December 31st. So on New Year's Eve, Mars will actually move into your rising sign or your sun sign, depending on what you're looking at this horoscope column from the perspective of. But if it is your rising sign, that means that Mars moves into your first house at this time. Right. So um, there's going to be a major shift where we didn't quite talk about it, but Mars is still going to be in Pisces in your 12th house for most of December until that very end of the month that you mentioned. And so Mars is um, the action that you're putting towards goals and kind of where you're exerting your effort and sometimes conflict as well. And so it's still behind the scenes for much of the month um, in the sign of Pisces, which is a more watery ephemeral sign. And in the kind of house of seclusion. There's different topics that are involved in the 12th house. But um, at the very end of the month, then it's like a sudden shift where you've had all this effort going on behind the scenes. And then all of a sudden it comes out in your first house of self. And especially that shift from Pisces to Aries, in addition to the 12th house to the first, it's, um, it's coming out into visibility. And it's also shifting into like a much more direct 
manner of expression for Mars because Mars rules Aries. Right. And some of those topics, I know we we noticed um, some of the weird like 12th house topics going on most of December actually get exacerbated when Mars conjoins Neptune at some point during the course of the month, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think around December 7th. December 7th. So mm-hmm. that's actually right around the Mercury direct station as well as the new moon in Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's tricky. I mean, because one of the traditional 12th house topics is like enemies or people that work at cross purposes to you. And sometimes a traditional delineation of Mars, the planet of like war and fights going through the 12th house of enemies is like conflict with enemies or conflicts with people who work at cross purposes to you. Um, and sometimes that can be kind of a stressful transit to have, but it's weird that it's conjoining Neptune at the same time. So there's something kind of nebulous about it where you have to be careful that there might be questions about like who is actually an enemy versus who is a friend and not accidentally confusing the two or getting into a fight with somebody because you miscommunicate or you misunderstand something when somebody's intentions are quite different than how you perceive them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And with both of those going on at the same time, it conjoining or being in the same sign with Neptune as well as in the 12th house, um, it's going to be pretty easy to do that. So yeah, just don't jump to conclusions too quickly. Sure. That's good advice. And then yeah, we'll get that ingress on December 31st on New Year's Eve. It goes into the first house, which is about uh, the first house has to do with both the body as well as the mind. And it's the meeting point between the sky and the earth. So it represents both the, the sort of union of, of body and spirit or body and mind. And when Mars goes through there, it can, on the one hand, in a positive sense, be a very um, energetic period where you feel suddenly energized or you have more energy to drive towards or push yourself towards new projects and new things like that. Um, there might be some people like you know doing New Year's Eve resolutions where they're focused more on like physical or um, health or exercise or other things like that. Right. I guess the trick with that is just to be careful because sometimes Mars going through your first house can also be it can indicate like a challenge or running into an, an obstacle or a barrier that sort of checks you if you try to exceed your physical limits and you try to push yourself too far. Right, definitely. And especially, I don't know if you wanted to mention the January 1st conjunction, but I think we probably should. So um, the sun will also be applying to a conjunction with Saturn in Capricorn, and it goes exact, I think, on January 1st, right? Yeah, it's January 1st, so it's New Year's Day. Yeah. And so those are two really big shifts in energy, both the Mars into Aries and then the Sun-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn, it's like a very sudden serious energy. It's It has a lot of willpower around it, but you also, particularly with um, both of those shifting at once and the Sun so close to Saturn, you really want to be careful around New Year's Eve to kind of not, like you said, not exceed your limits, but also um, you know, obey the rules and, and things like that. It's, so it, it's going to be kind of an energy of like setting new goals for yourself potentially, especially with Mars in the first and Saturn, Sun Saturn in the tenth of career. But um, authority figures as well. So just uh, you know, don't drink and drive and things like that. It's it's good to follow the rules around this time. Yeah, don't do anything that could have negative career repercussions, especially or repercussions in terms of your your reputation in the world in general. Like that could be an issue for some people where it's like you do something on the first, where especially with Mars going into the first, that can be a period where you're feeling like more boisterous or more forward or something like that. But don't do something that 
um, where it's like a personality thing that comes from you, which is the first house, which then has maybe negative or or um, problematic repercussions for career, like the next day when the sun conjoins Saturn in, in the tenth house, because this is one of the first. This is only the second time that they've had a, a Sun Saturn conjunction in the past year, because a year ago in December Saturn went into Capricorn and went into their tenth house, and they've been sort of experiencing that transit or the first part of it for the the past year. But this is still something that's going to be going on for another what like year or two at this point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that was good advice. So you know, on the, and then on the positive tip, um, as you're going into the end of the year, you may th- be thinking about kind of new career goals and um, you know setting kind of long term plans for yourself. And so that's kind of the energy you'll be feeling going into the new year, um, and that's really appropriate. Um, just don't kind of don't feel overly down if you're feeling more serious than usual towards New Year's Eve. Yeah, I mean, it could just mean getting serious and like throwing yourself into something and. Committing yourself to some specific long-term project that may not might not pay off in the short term, which can sometimes be hard for Aries to like, um, you know, focus more on the long term rather than the short term. But that if you continue to put uh, concerted, long-term, consistent effort into it, eventually in the long term it will pay off. And that's definitely a large part of what this Saturn transit through Capricorn in the tenth house is about over this three-year period, and it's really going to be. Uh, amped up in the coming new year when we start having some of those eclipses in Capricorn and Cancer, mm-hmm. and some of the the tension or the focus between one's private life and one's public life, or one's current situation versus what you aspire to achieve in the world in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's then our overview. I mean, I'm looking at the calendar, and that pretty much brings us to the end of December. We're basically at this point just like talking about. January, and we've kind of got to cut ourselves off before right. we get the forecast for like the entire next month, as well as most of the next, yeah, <laughs> yeah, several several years. We're like talking like <laughs> three years down the line. Right. All right, so I think that's it then for this episode. Mm-hmm. So thanks for thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, and thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for all your support. Um, everybody who gave feedback on last month's horoscopes, we really appreciate it. Um, what maybe we could have a question for like listeners for this month that they could put in the comments section either on the YouTube video or on the podcast website itself at theastrologypodcast.com where I've started releasing these as audio versions in addition to the video version. But maybe it can be like what intention have you set for Saturn and Capricorn or what goals would you like to achieve over the course of the next couple of years that are like long-term projects that you've started working on recently or that you're Planning on wor- working on and putting into place um, that could really m- be a constructive manifestation of that Saturn and Capricorn energy through their tenth house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, all right. So let us know in the comments section. Please be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel, or subscribe to theastrologypodcast.com. Uh, we give early access for people that sign up to our page on Patreon at the two dollar plus tier, so you can always get access to these episodes and more if you sign up through our page. Which you can find more information about at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe. So thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you again next month. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Taurus and Taurus Rising for the month of December of 2018. Joining me today is Lisa Schein. Hi, Chris. Hey, and we are astrologers, and we're going to go over your planetary transits for the next few weeks. Uh, let's jump first to the transit chart, which shows you where the planets will start the month at the beginning of December and how far through the zodiac they'll get by the end of the month, with some of the planets 
moving relatively swiftly and others moving super slowly, which are the outer planets. Uh, we've also got the planetary alignments calendar, which shows the dates in which different planets move into different signs. And this is what we're going to be focusing on in order to give us most of our chronology for the major planetary alignments and shifts that are going to take place during the course of December. So uh, with that as our setup, where should we where should we start? Maybe just the beginning of the month, we have um, both Mercury and Venus moving into Scorpio, which for you, Taurus and Taurus Rising, is your seventh house of partnership. So Mercury is still in retrograde at the beginning of December, and it retrogrades into Scorpio from Sagittarius. And then um, Venus has been going direct through Libra and is now moving into Scorpio from the opposite direction. Right. So we've got both of those planets meeting in Scorpio in the seventh house of relationships. So this is bringing some activity to your seventh house Taurus, although since these are this is basically involving two planets that are retrograde or were retrograde, it's actually re planets returning back to that house. So it's some sort of return back to relationships where on the one hand we have Mercury, which is the planet of communication. So we would expect an increase in communication and sort of interaction surrounding relationships. And then we have Venus also going through that sign, which is actually a ruling planet, which is more of a sort of a bringing together and unifying energy, which can sometimes indicate like um, reconciling things or smoothing things over, returning back to a relationship in order to, um, if not like fix it and make it better, at least bring some sort of conclusion or uh, peaceful solution to the whole issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And this is um, bringing back, going over the same territory that Venus went through in September and October. Um, so it it's another way of reworking something that's been kind of an ongoing process. And so there may be still some more of that to do, but it's kind of like going towards the end of that working that out rather than diving back into it, sort of working its way upward. Right. So Venus originally stationed retrograde in Scorpio, what, a couple of months ago now, mm -hmm. or quite a while, several weeks ago now. It eventually stationed direct in Libra in the sixth, but now it's going to spend pretty much the entirety of the month going through Taurus's seventh house of relationships. So, on the one hand, there's there's quite a bit of relationship activity, and sometimes this can be romantic relationships, but other times it can actually be just partnerships or direct one-on-one -on -one interactions with other people in general. Since the seventh house is the place of the other in astrological charts, so it's any sort of deep one-on-one -on -one relationships that you have with other individuals in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's going to be a main theme um, for the month. And then what do we have after that? I think we have a new moon. Yeah, so we have Mercury stationing direct on the 6th, um, which is tied in with the relationship stuff. And then immediately after that, on December 7th, we have a new moon in Sagittarius. And this kind of kicks off a lot of the Sagittarius and a lot of the 8th house activity that's going to be happening uh, for those with Taurus rising for most of December. Right. And so we mentioned last month that Jupiter is moving into that sector for you, the eighth house of shared resources. So can be um, a partner's money if you have a partner, either personal or business. Um, it can also be mortgages, loans, things that in, um, or debts involving other people's money more generally. We had a good example of that. Somebody wrote that wrote in last month, and they said their partner had recently gotten a raise. So something like very literal, like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So it's not always that literal, but just the general theme of the eighth house often has to do with either other people's money in general, which can also extend to other broader ideas like taxes or accounting or money owed, mm -hmm. debt, 
things like that. Right. But sometimes it can also just involve shared resources between you and either a romantic partner or sometimes a business partner. Right. And so while Jupiter is going to be expanding that sector for you for the next year, approximately, um, there is a new moon there on the 7th. And so that kind of kickstarts a special kind of um, new, new start in that area. Yeah. So it's laying a new foundation in the area of shared resources. And that's something that's going to grow and develop over the course of the next six months before eventually it culminates sometime towards the middle of next year, especially around June, where eventually there'll be a full moon in that sign so that some of the things that you initiate this month starting in December will sort of come to fruition at that time six months from now. Mm -hmm. The sun will also be spending the first three out of four weeks of December in the eighth house of shared resources. So there'll be a lot of emphasis on that area for you this month. Right. In addition to just the broader Jupiter transit that you mentioned that's taking place over the course of the next year and the themes of growth and expansion that usually come with that. Mm-hmm. And then I think actually Mercury goes in next, right? Like yeah. the following week? Mercury um, in the middle of the month on December 12th, we have Mercury, which after stationing direct at the end of Scorpio, it then starts moving forward and picking up speed again. And by December 12th, it moves back into Sagittarius. So just emphasizes and brings some additional um, sort of communication and interactions and exchanges involving some of that eighth house stuff that's going on this month. Right. And it seems to me pretty likely for you, if you have Taurus or Taurus rising, that with both of the revisiting of the seventh house Scorpio transits, as well as these new starts in the eighth house area, um, that these two could be kind of tied together. So kind of working out the last bits of maybe contractual things or sort of decision making between you and another person that then leads into like a new start of of sharing resources somehow. Right. And since Mercury went retrograde there, there could have been some miscommunications or some delays or snafus over the course of the past few weeks. But now that we're on the other side of the Mercury retrograde, those things should be rectified or should be starting to play out in a more constructive or positive manner so that things are moving forward again. So it's probably okay to be able to do like business deals or other sort of negotiations or contractual negotiations that you might have otherwise wanted to avoid last month when Mercury was stationing retrograde square Neptune. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So that's the middle of the month. That eventually brings us to the last third of the month where we have the sun ingressing into Capricorn on the 21st, uh, which is the... Uh, the ninth house. <laughs> ninth house, like blanking out. Yeah, so, what it is for Taurus and Taurus rising is the ninth house. So travel, education, um, higher meaning, your your worldview, things like that. Right. So it's the the yearly or annual time, since that always happens around the same time each year with the sun when it goes into the same sign of the zodiac and the same sector of our chart for for one year. So for those of you with Taurus rising, this is the time of the year when some of those themes surrounding education and travel. And exposure to that which is foreign become more common or more sort of general themes. Mm -hmm. Um, And immediately after that, we have a full moon taking place in Cancer uh, in your third whole sign house, which is the place of communication, uh, siblings, or people who are like sort of like brothers or sisters to you, which can sometimes just be close friends. It also signifies uh, relatives, uh, short distance trip and travels and communication and education or learning in general. Mm -hmm. So there may be a culmination in one or more of those areas that Chris just mentioned um, at that time from something that started maybe about six months before that. 
And this is also, Cancer is one of the two signs, Cancer and Capricorn, where there's going to be a lot of eclipses this year. Um, and so um, even though there's a, a full moon kind of culmination going on at that time, it may still be part of a larger story that continues to unfold um, throughout the, the year and into next year. Right. So if there's a full moon here in the third house this month, that means that six months earlier there was a new moon there. So you probably started something, especially maybe learning how to communicate something or some sort of educational thing, which now comes to some sort of culmination uh, this month when you have this full moon in Cancer in the third. And since we're going to be bouncing back and forth, or since the eclipses are going to be bouncing back and forth starting in January between Capricorn and Cancer, a large part of the emphasis of, of that over the next couple of years is going to be this division between what you've learned and what you know or what you believe, which is ninth house topics, versus how you communicate those things to the world at large or to other people, which is more of a third house topic. Mm -hmm. And last month, some people asked us why we didn't talk a lot about the nodes moving into those signs into Cancer and Capricorn. And it's because it's not really until eclipses start taking place in those signs that that's going to become really relevant. Um, and so that's going to start next month with, with the first eclipse taking place in Capricorn. And then I think at some point later, we'll get some eclipses in Cancer as well. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. So that kind of brings us, though, towards the end of this month. Um, the very last thing. Am I we, skipping something? Yeah, we do have the Mars transit as well through Pisces, um, which we maybe didn't. Yeah, it's not on the calendar. So Mars is going to be transiting for the entirety of December through your 11th house of friends and groups and associations. So that can bring more energy. Um, maybe you need to um, work more for some reason in that area. You need to like um, put a lot more effort towards maybe helping some friends or um, you're involved with a like a group of some sort, and you're putting a lot of energy towards that. It can also for some for some people, and at some times, bring conflict between friends. Um, so there may be extra friction compared to usual in that area for the month of December. Right. Um, a lot of some of the ancient astrologers say that Mars provokes um, energy and movement and things, and so sometimes the positive end of that with a transit like Mars through the eleventh house can be, like you said, just putting a lot more energy, a lot more work, and sometimes having to even like overextend yourself on things related to your friends or to groups or to um, social movements in general. But the downside can sometimes be um, where there's greater energy, sometimes there can be greater irritability. There can be um, people can have a shorter fuse, whether it's you and your interaction with friends or groups versus or perhaps sometimes just your friends and energy that you're receiving from your friends maybe being a little bit more prone to argumentativeness than usual. But either way, you should probably be careful um, in your interactions with people like that in your life so that you don't have so you don't run into an issue where it sort of creates an unnecessarily um, separation or falling out due to a temporary period of irritability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, if you have something in that area where you need to put more effort towards, then it's it's a perfectly fine time and appropriate time to do that. But just kind of watch for that potential downside. And sometimes, I mean, that sort of severing and separating energy of Mars can be necessary if you find that there's some relationship that you have that's no longer serving you, or where you feel like you need to cut something or someone out of your life, or even some group that maybe no, you no longer want to be a part of, or something like that. 
Um, sometimes that can be productive. It's just a matter of making sure when you make those sort of changes that you're doing so deliberately and sort of consciously and not just as a spur of the moment thing that you might regret later when you sort of calm down or when you're more level headed. Mm -hmm, definitely. All right. So, and that's happening most of the month. Mars is moving through Pisces. Eventually, at the end of the month, on the very last day of December, Mars changes signs and actually moves into Aries uh, on December 31st. So, that's actually your 12th house. And um, we'll probably have to save that for, for next month because that's actually mm -hmm. more of a transit that's going to be going on for the duration of January. Right. But it is an interesting shift that takes place right on New Year's Eve. Mm hmm. So, um, I mean, there, there's the potential since that does go into the twelfth house. What are some of our twelfth house topics? Mm, there can be, um, well, basically, solitude and enemies is usually the shorthand. So, behind the scenes things, so um, time that you spend on your own, whether deliberately or otherwise. Um, it can be also people who are working against your best efforts, um, whether you know about them or not. And uh, what else? Uh, yeah, I mean, those are the two main things just because the 11th house makes that transition from the sector of the chart that deals with friends to the 12th house where you have that sector that deals with people that do not necessarily have interests that coincide with your own or that might come at cross purposes to your own, which can sometimes be people that in a traditional context would actually you might label as enemies. Mm -hmm. So um, it's good to take care and to um, have awareness of that and to not do anything in the same way that we have that energy of wanting to be careful that you don't accidentally like lose friends or um, mess up friendships unnecessarily in the heat of the moment with Mars transiting through the 11th. You kind of want to pay attention to and be careful about the same thing of not accidentally creating a, a quote unquote enemy or getting into a situation which could be detrimental to you. Um, with Mars transiting through the 12th house where if you were just a little bit more cautious or a little bit more careful, maybe you could have avoided some situation like that where you turn somebody or somebody you know, becomes more, more antagonistic towards you. Yeah. And like you said, we'll talk more about it next month since it's really just at the end of the month, but it is on New Year's Eve. And the 12th house can also be um, seen as the um, house that you can kind of least clearly see what's going on or least clearly see yourself. And so um, we're just kind of throwing this in since this is everyone's New Year's Eve when when these a couple planets change or well when that changes signs. And so you know just kind of be cautious on New Year's Eve in terms of um, Mars goes into the house where you can kind of see yourself less clearly, and then the Sun conjoins Saturn the next day on New Year's Day, which is kind of a marker of like you need to follow the rules or authority figures or things like that. And so. You know, it's just a. I, I think this New Year's Eve in particular is kind of one to be more cautious about, kind of not throwing caution to the wind, I guess. Sure. And then we have the Sun Saturn conjunction on January 1st on New Year's Day, right? Which is a little bit more of a sobering energy. And it looks like it's taking place in the ninth house where transiting Saturn, of course, is going through that sector of the chart over the next few years that has to do with one's religion and philosophy and just beliefs about the world in general, but it also has to do with things like. Um, education or sometimes the laws associated with the ninth house. Right. Um, yeah. So it's just a, a good time. It might be a period in which you're feeling a little bit more contemplative as a result of whatever it is that's taking place that turn around the new year. Um, but there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. And sometimes 
making that shift from a period of having much greater focus on friends and social groups with Mars moving through the 11th most of the month to Mars suddenly moving into the 12th where things are a little bit more quiet can sometimes just be an energy of, of wanting to pull back and take it easy and sort of adopt a more contemplative mood for a little bit of mm -hmm. little period of time. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, and I think we were asking um, a question for people to maybe um, answer in the comments if they wanted to. Yeah. So with Saturn transiting through your ninth house of religion and philosophy and beliefs, but also just exposure to that which is foreign over the course of the next couple of years, it actually started last December. We're curious both how people have started to see that manifest in their life if they have it all or um, how they might anticipate some changes in that area of their life over the course of the next couple of years as Saturn continues to make its way through your ninth house. So if you've seen anything or you sort of anticipate anything that you feel like sharing in the comments section, then please go ahead and, and do so. Mm -hmm. Right. If you have any, even if you haven't had anything like that come up yet, if you have any goals or kind of long-term aspirations in that area, um, yeah, add that there. Okay. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the uh, end of this end of this episode. Then, so thanks everybody for for watching our horoscopes this month. Please be sure to like and subscribe. You can subscribe to the podcast at theastrologypodcast.com/slash subscribe and find out more information about subscriber benefits. And I think that's it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, everybody have a happy happy new year, and we will see you again next month for the horoscopes for January of 2019, which sounds weird to say. It does. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you then. See you next time. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Gemini and Gemini Rising for the month of December of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris. And we are going to look at your astrological transits for the course of the next few weeks and see what some of the major planetary alignments are. So first, here's a chart that shows just the where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and how far they'll get through the signs of the zodiac by the end of the month, which is kind of nice in showing just the um, sort of clustering of certain planets around certain sectors of the chart, which represents specific areas of your life. And this month, there's going to be a lot of sixth house and a lot of seventh house focus, as we can see here. Mm -hmm. uh, the other chart we wanted to look at is the planetary alignments, which shows the ingresses of the planets th throughout the course of the month, because every time a planet moves into a new sign, it also moves into a new whole sign house. And again, that just represents a specific sector or area of your life. So at the top of the month, we start out with two planets, with Mercury going into Scorpio on December 1st and Venus going into Scorpio on December 2nd. Uh, so Scorpio, for those of you with Gemini rising, is your sixth whole sign house, which is the place of work. Um, as well as health. So work and health are usually two pretty typical topics I think that come up during sixth house transits. And for you this month, since this is two planets that were retrograde returning back to this sector of your, your chart, there's some sort of theme of returning to or reopening or relooking at this specific area of your life and revisiting it for some specific reason. Right. So Mercury um, is retrograding for the first week of December back through Scorpio after its time in Sagittarius. And then Venus is direct at this point, but it's going back through the area in your sixth house of work and health that it already was in in September and October. So there's two planets that are kind of in at least part of their retrograde cycle. Um, so you're kind of wrapping, revisiting and wrapping up something that you've been kind of working on or trying to work out in the area of either work or health or both. I think you've also mentioned that we should bring in pets. Pets are a topic of the sixth house as well. 
yeah, sometimes pets or um, employee employers, employees, employees, yeah, people that are in a subservient role to you or in a subordinate role to you, mm-hmm. which kind of it includes pets in in a weird way symbolically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it can mean like if you're the boss of somebody, like renegotiating a contract um, in your workplace. Uh, for some people, it can mean revisiting like a health or dietary regimen. Like maybe you started something several weeks ago, but it didn't really take off, or maybe you didn't get started on the right foot, and now you have to return back to that and see if maybe there's some way you could do it over again or start over again in a way that's better or more effective. Mm-hmm. Right, or just kind of needing to like tinker with whatever you're doing until it works out uh, by the end of that transit. Yeah, sometimes that can be like a health thing, maybe. There was a health thing that came up that sort of you put a temporary fix on it, but now you need to return back to it in order to look at it more seriously, in order to make sure that you can move forward or before you can move forward, you actually have to revisit it just in order to really figure out what what the true issue was there so that you have it sort of um, figured out before you move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's some of the sixth house stuff that's happening at the very beginning of the month. We have Mercury stationing direct on December 6th. Uh, which just emphasizes that, and that's the real turning point for Mercury. And then the day after that, we have actually a new moon in Sagittarius, which kind of kicks off some of the seventh house relationship stuff that's going to be going on for you this month. For those of you with Gemini rising, since Sagittarius was is your seventh whole sign house, which is the sector that represents partnerships and relationships and close one-on-one interactions with other people in your life. Right. So as we mentioned last month, Jupiter has ingressed into your seventh house of partnership for a year-long expansion in that area. And this um, new moon just kind of emphasizes further like a new start within that longer process. Um, The sun will also be in your seventh house of partnership for the first three weeks out of the month. So there's a lot of emphasis in the seventh house um, partnership area for you at this time. Right. So some of the themes of like growth and expansion that we talked about or that started last month with Jupiter going into Sagittarius are really going to get ramped up this month um, because having a new moon take place in your seventh house should represent some sort of new beginning or new start where you lay the seeds or the foundations of something that will grow and develop over the course of the next six months. So for some of you, that could be a romantic relationship, like starting a new one. For those of you already in a relationship, it could be starting a new phase or a new chapter of your relationship with that person. Um, And a lot of those themes will grow and develop and then eventually culminate about six months from now when you'll have a full moon in your seventh house during the middle part of next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in addition to the new moon and Jupiter and the sun transiting um, through your seventh house, Mercury will also join those planets about mid-month, I think around the 12th, right? Yeah. December 12th. Mercury ingresses into Sagittarius on the 12th of December. Mm -hmm. So that brings additional communication in addition to that just kind of highlighting of that area of activity and expansion and that sort of thing um, through your one-on-one partnerships. Right. So increased communication and maybe a revisiting to some extent since this is, of course, where Mercury stationed retrograde last month was in Sagittarius. So there may be something that you need to go back over specifically with respect to relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So that is the first half of the month, basically. And then eventually we get to the uh, last third of the month where we first have the sun ingressing into Capricorn on the 21st. And then the day after that, we have a full moon in Cancer on the 21st. 
Right. And so for you, the sun going into Capricorn is your eighth house of shared resources. So that brings a little bit more attention to that area, um, not just the one-on-one -on -one communica communication type of thing, but the actual what do you share tangibly with someone that can be your partner's resources, that can be loans, debts, taxes, those sort of kind of bigger picture shared resources. Um, and then the full moon will happen in your second house of finances. That tends to be your own income or your own possessions in the second house as opposed to the eighth house of shared resources. Right. And this is, of course, so the, the full moon is taking place in the second house. So that's kind of like a culmination of events with respect to finances that started six months earlier. But this is also the start of we're about to move into eclipse season and we're going to get an eclipse in Capricorn next month. And then over the course of the next couple of years, it's going to bounce back and forth between eclipses in Capricorn and eclipses in Cancer right on that financial axis of what is your money versus what is other people's money or what are your resources versus what are other people's resources in your life and the sort of balancing act between those two sometimes or the interplay between them let's say right so there may be a time of kind of um culmination around december 22nd with that full moon in your second house um but it will be a culmination within the context of that larger process happening over the next couple of years yeah, it's kind of queuing up some some trends that are going to play out over the course of the next couple of years right. in that axis. Some of them kind of heavy with like Saturn going through Capricorn in the eighth house. As we've talked about previously, that's a transit that started about one year ago. And some of the sometimes Saturn can um, bring a period in which you learn how to do with less, or you sort of have less resources, or sometimes your partner. Or other close one-on-one -on -one relationships in your life where they they struggle a little bit more or run into some challenges with financial matters, uh, and sometimes that that involves you or or happens in a way that needs to involve you, um, and yeah, it's sort of taking place within the broader context of that longer two or three year transit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. All right. Um, what are some other things? It looks like we're getting towards the end of the month month at this point. Yeah, so there's um I think the only major thing left is the Mars transit. So Mars is transiting through Pisces all of December and for you that is going to be your 10th house of career and superiors. So you may need to put more effort towards your career during the month of December. Um you may feel more energetic in terms of being able to do so. Um but you also want to watch out for potential conflict in the area of career or specifically with superiors like if you have a boss. Um, that's kind of something to watch out for. So, um, yeah, anything else about that? Uh, yeah, just it's a great month, I think, with Mars going through the 10th house. For some of you, you're going to feel much more energized and much more able to sort of burn the, the candle at both ends, so to speak, in really forcing yourself or, or pushing yourself to achieve more or to do more in the area of career. Than perhaps you might in other at other times in your life, um, which can be great, and that's the most constructive use of this energy, I think. Um, but yeah, you just want to be careful that in the process of doing so, sometimes you can run into conflicts with superiors, or you can run into issues where what you're trying to do and achieve can run counter to what somebody else wants to achieve, and sometimes that can create conflicts or can create. Um, like a like a division or discord or falling out with you within the context of your um, career and your reputation. 
So sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about that, and it just comes with the territory. But other times, you want to be careful that you're not doing something that's going to unnecessarily harm your reputation if you go too far. If you let's say say something or do something impetuously that you maybe regret later when you're in a more sober mood. So just be careful not to overextend yourself unnecessarily or do something that might come back to haunt you in the long term if you were in a different frame of mind. Yeah, I think that's really well said, particularly around December 7th, um, which is when it runs into Neptune in your um, 10th house of career, which is at a time where it's easier to maybe be confused about your actions or, I mean, the the sort of best expression of it is like really creative work in your career or kind of high-minded um, aims that you're working towards in your career. But um, around that time, because Neptune can make things murkier or kind of more confusing, um, you just want to make sure that your acts of self-assertion or your your uh, acts of you know putting effort towards your career or your public standing um, are clear in your own mind because it can be a little bit more confusing than usual at that time. Right, definitely. Um, so we can see that that's part of they're about halfway through like a very long-term transit of Neptune through the tenth house, which can sometimes make um, one's career and overall life direction a little bit murkier or a little bit less clear than people would like because we all all of us would like to know like exactly where we should be going and what we should be doing and how our actions in life are directly resulting in and leading to sort of like an improvement in our our social status or our sort of own upward mobility but having a transit like that of Neptune through the 10th house can sometimes make a lot of that stuff a lot more fuzzier than we would like and sometimes you might still be on the right track but you might not necessarily know it and sometimes with transits like this of Mars catching up to and conjoining Neptune that could sort of exacerbate a period like that where you're you're putting in a bunch of energy but it's not really fully clear if it's paying off but sometimes it may be paying off in a way that you won't realize until much later once you finish both of those transits and you can look back on them in retrospect um, and things will be a little bit clearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, um, that brings us finally to the end of the month where on the very last day of December, we have Mars leaving Pisces and moving out of the 10th house and moving into Aries, which is the 11th house for those of you with Gemini rising. The 11th house is the place of friends, groups, social movements, organizations, things like that. Mm -hmm. So this could bring a period in which you have uh, sort of greater energy and focus on friendships. Uh, It can also sometimes lead to more tension or discord with friends. So you might want to be careful uh, since this transit's beginning on New Year's Eve, if you go out with a group of friends, like not to get into a situation where you have a falling out or a fight with a friend or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And this will mostly go through January. We're just mentioning it since it does start on New Year's Eve. Right. So we will return back to that and probably talk about that a lot more next month when we do our horoscopes for January. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in the meantime, I think that's it for for this month's horoscopes. Thanks everybody for watching. We appreciate it. If you want to find more information about the podcast and how to subscribe, go to theastrologypodcast.com/slash/subscribe. Otherwise, make sure you like this video on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. And otherwise, we will. Oh, wait, no, we have a question for everybody, right? Oh, we do have a question, yes. So in the comments, if you would like to share, um, we're asking everyone what kind of your um, goals are for this long-term Saturn transit, which for you is, so So for everyone, it started about a year ago. It's a Saturn transits are always two and a half to three years. And so for you, Saturn's transiting your eighth house of shared resources, as we mentioned earlier. And so 
Um, wherever Saturn transiting is where you usually need to put in more kind of long-term effort or, or it's an area of long-term goals for you for that um, few year period. So we're asking everyone to share if you'd like what your goals are for that transit for you. Yeah. So shared resources, restructuring of that, um, sometimes learning how to do with less, sometimes uh, just different topics that we brought up earlier in that. We are curious how that's starting to manifest in your life so far over the past year, if it has, or if you can see with the sort of trajectory you're on now, how you might use that energy between now and a couple of years from now when the transit is over. Mm -hmm. So let us know in the comments section, either below the YouTube video or on our podcast website. And we look forward to see, seeing some of those discussions over the course of the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. All right, that's it for this horoscope. Thanks a lot for watching or listening, and we will see you next time. See you next time. All right. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Cancer and Cancer Rising for the month of December of 2018. Joining me today is Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris. And we're going to go through your planetary transits for the next few weeks. Uh, let's jump right into it. So first, this is a chart that shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and where they will end up by the end of the month, which is kind of useful because it shows the sector of your chart where uh, most of the planetary energy is going to be focused on this month, which for you is going to be largely on the fifth house and the sixth house, which we'll get into what that means in just a minute here. The other uh, chart that I wanted to look at is the planetary alignments chart, which shows the dates in which different planets will ingress into different signs and thus into different whole sign houses in your chart, representing different areas of your life. So let's start at the top of the month where we have two transits that happen um, almost simultaneously on the 1st and 2nd of December, which is first Mercury moves into Scorpio on December 1st, and then the following day on December 2nd, Venus moves into Scorpio as well. And then just a few days later, we'll get a Mercury direct station take place on December 6th in Scorpio. So that, where do, where do we go with that? Well, so it's kind of like two overlapping pieces of retrograde cycles happening in your fifth house, which has to do with children, romance, um, things of that nature, um, artistic pursuits also sometimes, things that you just do for fun is kind of like a broad meaning of the fifth house, but it can also be specific to like children and pregnancy. Right, that, that which you create. Right, exactly. So physically or more metaphorically. So Mercury is retrograding back into the fifth house while Venus is direct now, but is repeating her steps through the fifth house that she retrograded through in September and October. So um, you're, you're doing a lot of revisiting of topics in this fifth house area, any of those topics that were um, kind of um, relevant for your life. Not all of them will be, but some of them. And so you're kind of reworking or um, kind of going revisiting and going back to things that you were kind of doing before in this area and kind of um, doing something new with them. Right. So for some people, that could be re revisiting a romance. Uh, for other people, it could be um, reanalyzing uh, the situation of something related to your children, if you have children. Um, for I'm trying to think of like some specific examples of this that I've had recently because there was the whole Venus retrograde in some people's fifth house as well as Mercury retrogrades. I mean, I've heard of some people like reconnecting with lost lovers where it wasn't really a relationship, but it was more like a short-term thing. Mm -hmm. um, do you can you think of any examples? No, I think those two are kind of the the per the most common, either like romance revisiting romances or reworking something with your children. 
Yeah, or like revisiting the topic of children. Like if you want to have children, or mm -hmm. sometimes finding yeah. finding that you had children. I once had a client like that who had, I think it was like a Venus retrograde or something with Saturn go through his fifth house, and like finding out that he had a, a child that he didn't know like thirty years later or something. Mm, that's a unique one. <laughs> that's pretty dramatic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not necessarily everyone with Cancer rising. I'm not saying you you will all find out you had children this month, <laughs> right. but you never know. Right. Uh, so. That's some of the fifth house stuff going on, and that's really especially focused in the first week when we have those shifts take place and we have Mercury um, stationing direct there because it starts picking up steam pretty soon after that. The other major thing we have in that first week is a new moon, which takes place on December 7th in Sagittarius. And this is happening in the other sector of your chart where there's a lot of activity this month, which is your uh, sixth house of work and health. Right. And so that's the area we mentioned briefly last month where Jupiter is spending a year kind of expanding that area of your life. So exp bringing expansion and potential um, new horizons to either your work life or your your health routines or something of that nature. And so this new moon will happen within that context um, in the same sign of Sagittarius. Right. So the the general cycles of sort of like growth and expansion that just started last month with that year-long cycle of Jupiter through Sagittarius really get keyed off this month when we have this new moon because then it's like creating a new foundation or laying the seeds for something that'll grow especially over the course of the next 6 months between now and the middle of next year when there will be a full moon eventually in your 6th house and some of the things that you initiate now this month in December Will eventually come to fruition at that point in the middle of 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's going on. We've got the sun moving through Sagittarius most of the month. Um, eventually, Mercury also moves into Sagittarius in the middle of the month on December 12th. So that's going to just increase that same energy and sort of ramp up some of the communication. Mercury, of course, stationed retrograde there last month. So this is going to be Mercury still retreading old ground for a little bit and maybe returning back to something that you. Thought was finished, or that you needed to revisit from last month when Mercury was in a similar spot in your chart related to either your workplace or perhaps related to your health. So that could be something like a diet and exercise regime, but it could also be um, something pertaining to, like, you know, a doctor and meeting a doctor or doing sometimes health tests or sometimes having to redo health tests. It's a pretty mm -hmm. straightforward or common manifestation of a Mercury retrograde in the sixth house. Mm hmm. Right. And also, um, if you were thinking about having pets, uh, I think that's a lovely Jupiter expansion of the sixth house. We had mentioned, I think after we did the horoscopes last month, that we should bring in pets for sixth house because sometimes that's relevant to people's lives. And so especially with that new moon there and the Jupiter transit, if you were thinking about maybe getting a pet, that might be a new start. Right. Or um, the sixth house is also people that work for you or people that like employees or people that are in a subservient role to you. Mm -hmm. uh, subservient isn't the right. What's the term I'm looking for? The uh, less archaic term? Uh, I'm not sure. Subordinate. Subordinate, yeah. Subordinate. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, if you run your own business, sometimes this can be like hiring other people or renegotiating contracts involving like subcontractors or things like that. Basically, the sixth, the sixth house is people that work for you. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which sometimes includes your pets, although sometimes <laughs> it's a little unclear which who, right. <laughs> who's playing what role in that relationship. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty much the first half of the month. And then once we get into the second half of the month, most of the activity doesn't take place or, or start ramping up again until the 21st and 22nd, 
where on the 21st we have the sun moving into Capricorn, um, which is your seventh house of relationships and partnership in general. And then the day after that, on the 21st of December, we have a full moon, which is taking place in Cancer in your rising sign or your first whole sign house, which is the place that pertains to your body as well as your mind and the sort of union between those two in your chart. Mm -hmm. So a full moon is a temporary culmination. And so you could see some sort of culmination around December 22nd in the area of how you put yourself forward in terms of your persona. Sometimes that can involve your appearance. So some sort of culmination in, in you know, how you're presenting yourself. Um, it can be having to do with health things as well, um, particularly if there's activity in both the sixth house and the first house. Both of them can have to do with health sometimes. So maybe you make a decision at that point in time um, to, um, to take on a new health regime or something like that, and that involves both of those houses. Right, definitely. Um, first house, so, so it can be appearance things. It can be physical health things, like a culmination of events. Usually it's not something that comes out of nowhere, but it's something that's been building up over the course of the past six months. Uh, ever since there would have been a new moon in your sixth house about six months ago in uh, what June of mm-hmm. May or May or June of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but sometimes it can just be like a character thing, like a new development or a new evolution of your character and different character traits that maybe you've been developing or have been developing almost imperceptibly, but now they start to become visible because uh, that's really what a full moon is about. Is it's about um, starting at the new moon and then building up and becoming more and more visible until eventually something hits peak brightness and suddenly it's very obvious and it's very um, sort of rich in the way that it it provides light and becomes a, a notable sort of facet of the sky and a facet of our life for a few days. And in the same way, this is what's going on is it's really emphasizing your first house of both your your body or your spirit as well as your mind. Um, in some unique way around this time around December 21st. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't have too much to add to that other than we haven't really been um, elaborating on the signs so much because it's really um, it's the same sign for everyone, so it's really more specific to the house that it's happening in for, e- for each person. Um, but I did want to say since this is happening in the first house of self for Cancer, Cancer Rising, it would be kind of a culmination of any character traits that it would be a culmination of or illumination of would be kind of Cancerian traits. So there may be more obvious um, developments within your role of like caretaking or um, nurturing or things like that. Some sort of um, greater um, outward expression of those qualities. Sure. And that's, of course, going to be partially dependent on where like the ruler of the ascendant is for each person in their own natal chart, where the moon is, I guess, for you, Mm -hmm. for individual people with cancer rising. Right. All right. So that's what's going on in the second or the third quarter of the month. And then eventually that pretty much brings us to, or no, actually before we get there, we got to mention Mars. We always forget Mars. Yeah. Don't forget Mars. Don't forget Mars. (laughs) So Mars this month for you, so Mars for everyone is going through Pisces and for you, that's your ninth house, which has to do with things are foreign. Um, so long distance travel, higher education, things involving religion or philosophy, um, basically um, things that broaden your horizons, either physically, mentally, or spiritually. And so Mars is where you're going to be temporarily putting more effort than usual in in your life in December. And so that's the area for you. So you could either be 
for some reason, um, working on one of those topics more, um, or there could be some potential tensions around those topics during the month of December. So one or, or the other or both. Right. Like I was thinking of one, and we don't have his birth data, but that sounds like the the guy that recently uh, like yeah. tried to um he was like an evangelist that tried to spread uh he's tried to evangelize on like a foreign island and then mm-hmm. he got killed by he the got natives. Killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. so don't do that. Um <laughs> yeah, this would not <laughs> during be the month of December. <laughs> a month to travel. <laughs> to well, I don't want to say that. I'm not gonna yeah, say Yeah, you could travel. You can travel. Um, but sometimes being cognizant of like your views and how your views might rub up against other people's views in a way that sometimes maybe even um, accidentally creates conflict in a way that you're not expecting. That would be a great thing to be cognizant of this month, the potential for conflict involving either your beliefs or religious or philosophical views. Mm -hmm. Sometimes this can come up within the context of education and educational things that you're dealing with. Sometimes Mars can represent like anxiety, so it can just simply be anxiety surrounding some of these topics. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're getting together with family for holidays, maybe don't fight about religion or politics. <laughs> right. Neither of those can be in the ninth house. Both of which are pretty s- standard ninth house uh, topics or manifestations. Mm-hmm. And then finally, travel or just interaction with foreigners or things which are foreign to you or, or, or foreign to wherever you started out in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so that's most of the month. And then finally, on the very last day of the month, Mars changes signs and it actually ingresses into Aries on New Year's Eve. So Aries is, of course, your 10th whole sign house, which is the place of career, reputation, life direction, interactions with superiors or bosses, and things like that. So there's some sort of shift that takes place on the very last day of the year, um, although the majority of this transit of Mars through Aries is really going to take place next month, so it's not something that we necessarily need to dwell on too much here, but it does seem to indicate some sort of shift that happens towards the very end of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, one last thing that also happens right around then, just to mention for New Year's, is the Sun-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn goes exact on New Year's Day, so the day after December ends, um, but we're mentioning it because oftentimes people you know, celebrate New Year's and as part of the the December transits. And so the Sun-Saturn conjunction will be happening in your seventh house of partnership. And so you may um, not only feel a more serious vibe than usual going into New Year's Eve and New Year's Day this year, but um, it also may involve something surrounding a partnership. So um, um, it's just a time to be more serious and more structured around things involving partners. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to super dwell on New Year's Eve, but that could run into like, you know, say not wanting to do the same thing around that time or some sort of um, restriction. Yeah. I mean, some sort of tension between Mars moving into the 10th house of career and then the sun conjoining Saturn in the 7th house of relationships. And this isn't necessarily bringing up something brand new that's like completely out of left field for most people because Saturn has been transiting through your 7th house of relationships for the past year. So some of the the circumstances or the vibes surrounding that are probably things that have already started to set in or become apparent in your life. Um, and so this is just highlighting that a little bit more, and it's pushing some sort of tension between 10th house career topics and 7th house relationships or partnership topics. So it may be something that really starts to come into focus a lot more for you around New Year's Eve and New Year's Day 
or or something shifts that sort of starts putting the focus more there, but then it's something that with the Mars transit will play out over the course of the next month, and with the Saturn transit will be still be playing out over the course of the next couple of years. Right. Yeah. And so that's actually a question for this month, right? It is a question, yeah. And so the Saturn transit in Capricorn has been happening for about a year now and will be a couple more years still. And so for you, that's your seventh house of partnership, as we mentioned. And so we're asking people to contribute, if you'd like to share in the comments, um, what either has come up for you in that area so far, has manifested with that transit so far in your life, or any long-term goals that you can see you're kind of moving towards in that area of your life with as Saturn transits your seventh house. Right. Either what changes have you started to see in the area of relationships since Saturn went into Capricorn, or let us know what sort of changes you can kind of anticipate might be coming up over the next year or two as um, that planet continues to move through that sign, because that's not the only thing that is happening last month. And a lot of people asked us why we didn't mention the nodes changing signs and moving from uh, moving into Cancer and Capricorn. And the reason for that is because really um, that's going to become much more of the focus and much more important starting next month when we start getting a series of eclipses taking place between Cancer and Capricorn, which is going to play out over the course of the next couple of years. So it's going to be bouncing back and forth between your first house of self and your seventh house of relationships or others. And that's just going to highlight some of that stuff going on with Saturn and some of those deep um, changes and restructurings that are taking place even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll be back next month to talk about that one some more when the eclipse happens. Yes. So the first eclipse happening in Capricorn starts next month, but we'll save that for our forecast for January. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that's it for this, this uh, little episode. So thanks a lot for listening. Uh, you can find out more information about how to subscribe at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe, which also contains some information about subscriber benefits. Uh, be sure to like this video if you're watching it on YouTube or subscribe to the channel. Otherwise, thanks for watching, and we'll see you again in January. See you next time. All right. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Leo and Leo Rising for December of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris. And we're going to be looking at your transits for the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it. Here's a transit chart that shows the movements of the planets and where they'll start at the beginning of the month and where they will end by end up by the end of the month, which shows the different sectors that the transits will be focused on in your chart and thus your life over the course of the next few weeks. And here's another chart that shows the ingresses of the planets on each day and different days of the month during the course of December. So let's start off at the top of the month, where on December 1st, we have an ingress of Mercury into Scorpio and into your fourth house of home and family. And then on the very next day, on December 2nd, we also have Venus ingressing into Scorpio, also moving into your fourth house of home and family. Right. So this is kind of an overlap of two different retrograde cycles. So Mercury has retrograded from your fifth house into your fourth of home and family. And Venus while is now direct, had been retrograding through your fourth house previously. So Venus is going back into your fourth house of home and family, recovering territory that had already covered during September and October. So there's kind of a crossing of for two different reasons. You're kind of reworking and kind of wrapping up and finally moving forward with things in those realms, either home, family, parents, um, and things of, of that nature. Right. So it's revisiting, uh, reworking, returning to, and eventually wrapping up or bringing to completion. So the fourth house is also the very bottom of the chart, and it's under under the earth. 
It's the farthest spot under the Earth from the perspective of the observer who's standing somewhere on Earth, opposite to the 10th house, which represents the highest and most visible part of the chart from our vantage point. So the fourth house is also just your private life in general, as opposed to your public life, which is your 10th house and your career. So for some of you, it's it's about revisiting and looking back on the situation with your private life and perhaps making some changes or some alterations there as necessary. Like were was your private life and your home life running smoothly, or were there things that were not running smoothly that you needed to um, alter or fix in some way? Maybe there was maybe you needed to like do something as simple as redecorating or reorganize your home and living situation in order to allow yourself to sort of rest and recharge as effectively as you possibly could. Um, maybe it has to do with your actual like having a home and living situation or or signing leases or documents surrounding that. In some instances, people might relocate or find the need to relocate. Whatever it is, it's it's revisiting it, but also trying to bring some sense of finality or completion to it so that you can move on with that part of your life over the course of the next few few weeks. Yeah, definitely. I've seen a few instances recently of people trying to sell homes that are Leo rising and them contacting me asking why it's not happening yet. So this could be kind of like the final stages of um, moving that forward. Right. And what's nice is we'll have a nice turning point there, especially around December 6th, where Mercury stations direct in Scorpio at the very end of this sign. Mm -hmm. And then after that point, it starts moving fast forward and starts picking up speed pretty quickly, and then very quickly moves out of that sign by December 12th when it'll move into Sagittarius. But before we get there, uh, we have the other major transit that's happening at the beginning of the month, which is the new moon in Sagittarius, which takes place on December 7th. And so the new moon in Sagittarius joins Jupiter, um, which we just talked about briefly last month. Jupiter's spending a year transiting your fifth house of romance and children and general having fun. And so it'll be expanding that area of your life. And the new moon on December 7th kind of punctuates that and adds an extra new beginning to something in that realm for you. Right. So uh, Jupiter just went in last month. That's going to be these themes of like growth and expansion that are taking place over the course of the next 12 months. But a lot of that really ramps up this month, especially once we have that new moon in Sagittarius on December 7th, because a new moon always represents a new beginning or laying the new foundations or seeds of something that will grow over the course of the next six months. So in the fifth house, that could have to do with things pertaining to children, whether it's your own children, if you have children, whether it's having children at some point in the future, or even in some instances, the fifth house can do with just the topic of children in your life in general, and it can mean other people's children and the role that they play in your life. So we've had uh, I mean we've had some funny examples of that, right? Like what was the my favorite one was the um children's book writer. Oh right. Yeah. Um I'm blanking on her name right now. Uh was it Judy Bloom's? Yeah, chart? Judy yeah. Bloom has like a stellium of planets of like four or five planets in the fifth house. Mm-hmm. And she she both has children, but also she ended up writing children's books because one of them is the ruler of her 10th house of career. And that came to like define her life. She became an award-winning like child children's book author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've seen this relevant to when people work with children in schools and things like that as well. Right. Yeah. So that won't be the case for everybody. More broadly, the fifth house can also be that which you create in general, more broadly speaking, especially sometimes in an artistic sense. So it can represent a new beginning with respect to if you have any sort of artistic or creative aspirations. 
Um, or if that's a direction in your life that you'd like to head towards, then certainly a new moon in your fifth house would be a good time to lay a foundation for something that will grow and develop over the course of the next six months. Mm -hmm. And a good time for dating and going out as well, which sounds, you know, perhaps a little bit more lighthearted or frivolous than some other houses, but it is a really nice time to kind of recharge and enjoy yourself, especially because it's a nice um, fire sign trying to your ascendant, Leo. Yeah, and the fifth house can also be the place of like leisurely pursuits more generally, but also things like games and entertainment and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, which then, of course, is funny sometimes when people make what's otherwise considered to be games like their career if they have like the ruler of the tenth house. Like I think Tiger Woods, for example, has the ruler of the ascendant in the fifth house, and he's made a career out of golf, which is otherwise like a leisurely activity or game. Right. So this could be something as simple as like taking up a new leisurely activity as something that allows you to sort of like blow off steam, to have a creative outlet, or to otherwise import a certain level of like fun and entertainment in your life as a necessary sort of piece of just living and being. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's all happening around the first part of the month. Eventually, Mercury catches up to. Uh, the sun and the other planets in that sign around December 12th when it moves into Sagittarius. And eventually that brings us to the second half of the month where the next major shift that takes place is the sun moves into Capricorn on December 21st. And then there's a full moon the very next day on December 21st uh, in the sign of Cancer. Right. So have all your fun before the 21st <laughs> while the sun is still in your house of recreation because then once the sun moves into Capricorn, that's your sixth house of work and health. And so it's um, in addition to Capricorn being sort of a more serious sign than Sagittarius, the sector of the chart for you in particular is actually more focused on work and, and sort of daily routines at that time rather than having fun. Right. Then it's time to, time to get to work, yeah. especially on um, New Year's Day when we have the sun-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn. And it's like so notable that it's immediately after um, New Year's Eve, and then the very next day, it's just like we've got a pretty heavy Sun Saturn conjunction, and it's definitely time to get back to work. Right. Yeah. So don't feel bad if you're kind of reticent about going out this New Year's Eve, or you're you're kind of like hitting it hard as soon as you come back the next day, because that's very appropriate this year, um, especially for you with the sixth house. Sure. All right. And the other major transit going on this month is Mars is transiting through Pisces all month, and that's going through your eighth house, which is the place of shared resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, Mars transiting through your eighth house could have you putting more work or effort towards the area of loans, debts. Um, it could be related if you're doing anything with that fourth house, with those fourth house transits involving real estate, either buying or selling or getting an apartment. It could be involving financing for those sorts of things. Um, otherwise, just your partner's um, income or resources can be relevant to Mars transits through the eighth house. So something where you're putting more work in that area, but also where you might need to pay attention to not getting into conflict um, with another person involving because of shared resources or because of their role of their resources in your life. Right. Like con anxiety sometimes over shared resources conflict or strife re re reflecting on or, or referring to the resources shared between you and a partner or you and uh, some other person. Sometimes that can be a business partner, other times it can be romantic. Um, being careful 
not to get into a situation where you could lose money as a result of some sort of deal like that would probably be good this month, especially since at some point I think Mars catches up to and conjoins Neptune, which is moving through the middle of Pisces at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of early in the month, I think around December 7th or so, um, Mars conjoins Neptune. And so um, Neptune is a long-term transit, of course, and so that's something that's kind of in the background for a while, but it can make things a little bit more nebulous when it's transiting your eighth house involving um, your partner's resources being either nebulous or something just unclear about that or financial deals like you said you know if you're needing to buy or sell something i'm just trying to be as clear as you possibly can around the terms definitely all right i think that is good advice so that pretty much brings us to the end of the month where the very last transit i mean did we talk about both lunations oh no we skipped we cancer we just like skipped cancer <laughs> yeah forget about that yeah so there's going to be a Cancer full moon, which is in your 12th house. That happens, what, around the 22nd or so? 21st. Is that right? Okay. So December 21st. So there's a full moon, which is a temporary culmination in your 12th house, which has to do with um, both solitude, so the time that you spend on your own with no one else around. It can also have to do with, um, you know, quote, enemies, so people who don't have your best interests at heart. Um, and so... It's also I mean that kind of ties in with your get to work theme when the sun goes into Capricorn and into their sixth house, which is the place of work. At the same time, like the next day, you have a full moon and a sort of culmination of events taking place in the twelfth house of solitude. So it may be part of a general shift towards moving from a, a more social time to being a little bit more reclusive or a little bit more focused on like work and that which you need to to do to sort of get by and advance yourself. Definitely. Yeah, I would agree with that. And usually when there are things going on in both the 6th and 12th house, which we will talk about more in coming times because that's where the eclipses are happening for you. Um, for Leo rising, um, there are going to be a series of eclipses in Capricorn and Cancer. So your 6th house of work and health and the 12th house of solitude. I usually see um, a need to balance. Um, usually people are working harder than usual, but then they also need to kind of figure out what the balance is of like taking time off and resting and things like that. Right. And a lot of people asked us last month why we didn't focus on the nodes shifting into Cancer and Capricorn. And part of the reason for that is that um, it's not really until the nodes represent the where the path of the sun crosses the path of the moon. And when that happens, there can be eclipses. So it's actually in January, we're going to start getting some eclipses in Capricorn for the first time. And that's going to be the first of a series of, Capric of eclipses between Capricorn and Cancer in your sixth and twelfth house. That occur over the course of the next uh, couple of years. So that's the point in which that nodal shift into those two signs is going to start to become much more relevant as part of that ongoing series of eclipses between, um, yeah, the sixth and the twelfth, having to do with work and health, and having to do with um, other twelfth house topics, which can sometimes be things like seclusion, um, isolation, going it alone. Other times it can have to do with um, people in your life that work at cross purposes to you or that you might classify as sort of like an enemy or somebody works against you in some way. And the need to um, somehow find a constructive way to deal with people like that in your life and some of the, the things that you'll sort of be going through in terms of dealing with that constructively over the course of the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that more in future months. 
Yeah, but I guess we'll we'll leave that for January.、Mm-hmm. All right.、Um, the only other thing, so we have the Mars transit at the very end of the month, and then we have the Saturn question. Should we touch on the Saturn question first or or after? Um, you can do Mars first. Okay, so on the very last day of the year, it looks like Mars completes its transit through Pisces and it moves into Aries. And Aries is your ninth whole sign house, which is the place of your philosophy, your religion, your belief system. It's also the place of education and travel, as well as exposure to foreign cultures and things that are foreign to what you grew up with. So sometimes this can indicate a great deal of focus and like energy in this area of your life, where you're like putting more energy in towards study or education or learning new philosophies or even travel. Other times, that excess of energy can sometimes overflow and create anxiety around these areas, or sometimes tensions surrounding these topics in your life for several weeks. It could be basically a little over a month.、Mm-hmm. Right, and so that's just we're touching on that just because it ingresses on the very last day of December. So it'll be mostly more a January transit,、um, but it does suddenly shift the energy quite a bit from Pisces to Aries on the last day of the month on New Year's Eve. And、um, the ninth house also has to do with the legal system. So just、um, don't press your luck with anything on New Year's Eve that might involve legal things. Yeah, it's interesting that that shift happens like right on New Year's Eve. So of course, take extra cautions,、mm-hmm. extra precautions. Yeah, exactly.、Uh, don't do anything crazy, and you should be you should be okay.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the last thing was、um, the Sun Saturn conjunction in Capricorn actually happens the very next day on New Year's Day, and that's in your sixth house of work. And so. Work and health. So, as I mentioned earlier, that may bring you to be feeling very serious compared to usual on New Year's Day. You know, New Year's Day is often a time of New Year's resolutions, and people are kind of shifting in that in that manner anyway. But this year, I expect it will be、um, much more than usual. So, basically,、um, it's going to put an extra exclamation point on that longer term two and a half to three year transit of Saturn through. Your house of work and health, and your long-term restructuring of some topics around that. Yeah, so that's either restructuring your workplace and specific things surrounding your workplace, or it's restructuring things regarding your health and different like health and dietary regimens that you have built into your life. And for some reason, for you, even though this is more of a January thing than a December thing, it hits like right on. New Year's Day when we have that Sun Saturn conjunction on January first, so we wanted to mention it,、um, especially because even though it's kind of like a cliche thing, I think for some for a lot of people like gyms and stuff, like people going in and making New Year's resolutions or stuff to like change health re- regimens, it seems especially relevant for people with Leo rising because that Sun Saturn conjunction is going to take place on New Year's Day in your、uh, sixth house. So、mm-hmm. there there is some sort of like. New Year's Eve resolution that you've been meaning to make, even re- either regarding your work or regarding health matters, then this might be more than other years a good time to sort of try to commit to something like that right now. Right, that's actually specific to you rather than general this year, and that's actually、um, a question we're asking people if they'd like to share in the comments.、Um, Is whether you've had anything manifest so far?、Um, we were about a year into this Saturn transit of Capricorn, and so、um, basically, what have you noticed so far with regard to restructuring anything around your your work or your workplace or your health habits or or that sort of thing? Or what do you see coming up? Maybe something you're starting to notice, but it's not fully there yet. Any 
like long-term goals that you're moving towards at this point in time. Yeah, sometimes Saturn can bring back the sort of repercussions of old decisions that we made in certain areas of our life. So you may see have seen over the course of the past year certain things coming back and sometimes it can be things that were not good decisions but the sort of results of previous decisions that you made fully starting to manifest themselves in this sphere of work or health matters. So if you've seen anything like that coming up or you anticipate things like that coming up for you in the next couple of years that coincide with that transit, let us know in the comments section below this video on YouTube or in the comments section on the astrologypodcast.com website uh, just because we're curious what, cord- what kind of things or what kind of experiences people are having with that transit of Saturn through your sixth house so far. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's it for this month. Um, are there any transits that we totally spaced out that we're going to kick ourselves for not like talking about or get yelled at? I, I am not aware of any, although we are recording this on the day of the Neptune station, so we could be spacing something. <laughs> right. All right. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Send all hate mail to, to Lisa. If... <laughs> no, to Neptune. <laughs> okay. To Neptune if that happens. So thanks a lot, everybody, for watching. Uh, find out more information about subscribing at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe, which includes some information about bonus stuff that su- subscribers get access to. And otherwise, I think we'll see you again next month for the horoscope for January. Mm -hmm. See you next time. All right. Happy New Year. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Virgo and Virgo Rising for December of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Chris. And we're going to be looking at your planetary transits for the next few weeks, so let's jump right into it. So this is a transit chart that shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and where they will end up by the end of the month, by the end of December. And this is a chart that shows the dates in which different planets will move into different signs, station, retrograde, or direct, and also the dates of the lunations, which is the new moon and full moon that take place each month. So let's start at the top of the month. Um, On December 1st and December 2nd, we get a, a simultaneous, nearly simultaneous ingress of two planets, first with Mercury moving into Scorpio on December 1st, and then Venus moving into Scorpio on December 2nd. So for those of you with Virgo rising, of course, Scorpio is your third house of communication. So we've got a bit of an emphasis, especially during the first half of the month on this sector of the chart or on this area of your life. Right. So in addition to communication, which can be speaking, writing, um, learning, can be education related, it also has to do with siblings, your immediate neighborhood. So sometimes neighbors can be involved in the third house and um, kind of uh, short distance travel, which can be like your car and things like that. Right, which sounds like kind of like a mundane topic, but it actually when the third house is activated, sometimes things involving short distance travel can sometimes ramp up so that you can find yourself traveling more often for short distances than usual. You can find a particular trip being more important than it normally would be um, and other things like that. Mm-hmm. And I just mentioned the car because I've actually seen that crop up a lot too, because the cars which is the means by which most people do short distance travel. Right. And so this is the tail end of like a couple of retrogrades, a Mercury retrograde and a Venus retrograde. So sometimes it can mean revisiting something with respect to that. So sometimes like, you know, if you if you got a car that broke down during the Mercury retrograde, you can have to get repairs or like get a new car or somehow revisit your transportation situation as like a broader theme. Um, other times if it's not happening literally like that, the third house can sometimes more literally be communications and the way that you write and talk with other people or the way that you express yourself. And sometimes 
with a Mercury retrograde there having miscommunications surrounding that where you find other people are you know misunderstanding things that you're saying or you have to go back and look at the way that you miss that you communicate with people in order to sometimes um, revisit or, or sort of re-engineer the way that you do that to avoid similar situations like that in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. This is also the area that Venus traveled through during September and October. So this is the tail end of kind of a wrapping up of that process as well. And so if you had any kind of fallings out or um, issues with neighbors or siblings, this could be a good time to start trying to smooth them out, especially after Mercury goes direct, which is around um, December 6th. Yeah, so so Mercury stations direct on December sixth, and usually that's like an exclamation mark behind whatever house that planet is stationing in, which for you is the third. So you mentioned siblings. So sometimes with both Mercury going direct there and Venus returning there, Venus has this theme of like unifying and reconciling things. So sometimes reconciling with people who like third house figures who you had a falling out with previously, or if there was something about your relationship that was a little bit rocky or had sort of rough ed- edges previously figuring out how to smooth that out and how to get that relationship functioning again in a way that's healthy and productive in your life. Right. And while it be- will be going direct through your third house in Scorpio, meaning the manner of smoothing that out could be sort of more um you know bluntly honest or something like that rather than polite like like Libra, it's still a smoothing out. Definitely. So all of that's happening, especially in the first week or two of the month, and eventually starts to dissipate a little bit when Mercury leaves Scorpio and moves into Sag on December 12th. Um, but before that, we actually have a new moon which takes place on December 7th, and that is a, a new moon that's taking place in Sagittarius, which for those of you with Virgo rising, that's your fourth house which pertains to your home and living situation, as well as your parents and your private life in general. Right. And that's an area that's going to be expanded upon. As we mentioned last month, if you were here listening last month, Jupiter is spending a year in that sector of your chart. And so Jupiter always brings expansion wherever it touches. And so that's an area of expansion for this whole next year, but there'll be an extra new beginning surrounding that around the new moon, which is on the 7th. Right. So the Jupiter stuff already started last month. That's a whole year-long transit of growth and expansion in terms of your fourth house of home and living situation. But a lot of that's really going to get going um, in earnest this month when we have this new moon, since a new moon always represents a new beginning and some sort of new foundation that you'll lay at this point in December with respect to your home and living situation and perhaps uh, family matters. That will then grow and develop over the course of the next six months until eventually there's a culmination of events with respect to what you start now, which will happen around the middle of next year when there'll be a full moon at some point in Sagittarius in your in your fourth house around June. Mm-hmm. Right. So that could be something that looks like, for instance, looking for a new and improved place to live. It could be doing renovations or expansions on your your current living situation. Um, it could be something involving your parents and not necessarily even you or your family members, just some sort of expansion in their lives, um, sort of either or both. Yeah, I've seen it work out in terms of both just something happening in like your parents' life. Other times it can be your relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, since this is a retrograde, it's usually revisiting something or, or since we're still coming off of the retrogrades, like the Mercury retrograde, which initially stationed there. Sometimes it can be coming back to something that originally happened a few weeks ago and 
sort of revisiting the reasons for that and realizing that there's something that you need to change in that area in order to make it run more smoothly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but that's a lot of that's taking place during the course of the first two to three weeks of this month, especially because we've got the sun transiting through Sagittarius most of the month, but then eventually that ends and there's a shift when the sun moves into Capricorn on the 21st of the month. Right. And so while your attention would have been focused for the first few months of December on your home and family sector, then it moves into the area that governs things like your children um, and recreation and things that you do for artistic expression, creations of sorts. Right. The fifth house is the place of creativity and that which you create in general, which sometimes can be for some people, very like literal manifestations of like making children, mm -hmm. um, but other times it can be um, artistic creations. It can also be the areas in which people have fun or sort of like blow off steam in their life. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the fifth is associated with like games and leisurely activities. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and for Virgo rising, sometimes that's a more serious expression of that. Like I've seen, um, for instance, people who sort of seriously play um, play the stock market um, with placements with Capricorn in the fifth. So it's something where you usually put effort towards your recreation, which is a little bit unusual. Sure. And so we're bringing this up because the sun ingresses into Capricorn on the 21st, and it does this around the same time every year for you. So this is like your one month transit of that through that area of your life where it's sort of activating those topics, but it's a little bit heavier this year because as soon as the sun goes into that sign, it's going to start forming a conjunction with Saturn, which it actually completes on New Year's Day. Right. And so that's going to be, you'll immediately feel a more serious shift as the sun goes into Capricorn. Um, but particularly on New Year's Day, it's a it's a definite time for setting new goals. People often do New Year's resolutions and things like that. So that's true every year, but especially this year because the Sun-Saturn conjunction will perfect on New Year's Day. And that's going to happen in your area of children and um, artistic pursuits and creations and that sort of thing. So you may find yourself um, setting new goals in that area or having to kind of take more responsibility in that area. That sort of thing. Yeah. And that's kind of, it may be connected with the sun moving into the fifth house of romance with another transit that's going on most of this month, which is Mars moving through the seventh house of relationships. Mm, yeah. So the fifth and, and seventh are kind of connected in that way, where usually the fifth is more like romance and short term relationships. And the seventh is typically seen as more like relationships or, or long term partnerships, which can include both um, business partnerships as well as romantic partnerships. So with Mars transiting through your seventh house though this month, sometimes that can indicate um, you putting a greater deal of energy and sort of focus towards relationships. So you may have to put more work into relationships than normal. And sometimes it's just a matter of that being a greater area of focus for you for the course of the next month or so, for most of December basically until the 31st. Um, other times that excess energy in that area can sort of overflow and turn into having extra anxiety surrounding relationships, or sometimes um, it can sort of boil over and turn into um, tension in the area of relationships sometimes when Mars is transiting through the seventh house. Mm -hmm. Right. So I could see how you were thinking about those might play together. So if there's any tensions, then there could be sort of a, a greater feeling of seriousness towards the end of the month around that. But conversely, it could be that you're putting a lot of 
effort into um, your relationship area because something is building. And so maybe you're building for the future and you're like making long-term plans and that may or may not involve children and that sort of thing. Right. Definitely. Um, so <clears throat> you want to be careful this month about um, the potential for, for either sort of putting too much energy into relationships. Sometimes that's necessary. Other times you might overextend yourself and like sort of exhaust yourself. Um, but also the potential for for conflict in relationships. It, it's a little tricky right now because Mars is going to hit. It's going to conjoin Neptune um, halfway through that sign. When is that conjunction again? Around December seventh. So kind of early in the month, about a weekend. Okay. That's right around the Mercury direct station. Mm-hmm. Um, so that conjunction is kind of nebulous because sometimes Mars going through the seventh house can just be like a clear cut. Instance of like something comes up that you have to address, and sometimes it creates tension, but it's like a necessary thing that you address and you get over it with like a partner or a romantic partner, a business partner. But sometimes Neptune has a way of really um, clouding things, making things more nebulous and unclear, so that you want to be careful this month that if you do get into some sort of conflict or you find yourself more irritable, that you're doing it in a way that's like grounded and that you're not necessarily. Getting into some sort of um, conflict for reasons that are unclear or that are not necessarily accurate, like you're sort of like misled into a conflict that maybe is unnecessary or something like that. Yeah, I can definitely see that, and that can be on either. You know, when things happen like that in the seventh house of partnership, that can happen in one of two ways. It can happen because you're not seeing things clearly with your partner. Or vice versa, because the the partner is either not seeing things clearly or not being clear themselves. Right. Although it's interesting, it's happening on like the other end of the Mercury direct station, right. which almost implies like clear communication or like coming to uh, becoming more clear about something rather than less clear. But it's weird that that Mars conjunction is happening at the same time. Yeah, that is weird. Although they're happening, you know, in different areas. Sure. So. Sure. All right, so um, that Mars transit's happening for most of the month until eventually, at the very end of the month, Mars actually changes signs and it moves out of your seventh house of relationships on the very last day of the month on New Year's Eve, and it moves into Aries into your eighth house of shared resources. Right. So that could imply that whatever, excuse me, whatever you've been working through with your partner um, through the month of December until the very end. It moves into the area of um, trying to figure out like what what is mine and what is yours and what is ours together, and so the Mars puts its energy and potential tensions around those topics. Yeah, so um, sometimes this can this is certainly going to indicate a shift away from just the focus on the others or the focus on other people in your life, but it puts the shift more on like other people's money and the role that that plays in your life. So sometimes that can mean like tangibly your partner's money and the situation with your partner's money. And sometimes Mars coming up could indicate some sort of obstacle or setback that comes up for them sort of independently of you. And other times it can more directly involve you and the relationship that your partner's finances have to your own. And um, with a transit like this, sometimes it can indicate where there are tensions between your own finances and what belongs to you versus what belongs to other people. Right. Yeah. And with this, I mean this won't be true for everyone, but with it turning around this um around the same time as the calendar year, you know, any sort of shared resources involving like taxes and things like that, that's kind of a natural thing that comes up around the turn of the year. 
Yeah, it's always funny because the eighth house is just broadly like other people's money, but we always laugh about how sometimes that ends up manifesting weirdly as like taxes, accountants, um, inheritance, um, benefits from mortality, since mortality is, of course, also an eighth house topic traditionally. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of different ways that that can manifest. It'll be interesting to hear actually how people do with that uh, next month once you're on the other side of that transit. Right. All right. Um, so I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the month. I think there was just one last thing we were going to ask a question about the Saturn transit. I think as our sort of closer for the month. Yeah. Or, or no, actually, we skipped. We skipped one of the lunations. <laughs> Why do we keep skipping Cancer? I don't know. Okay. We- so, so there's there's a Cancer full moon on the twenty second. Is that correct? That is. Uh, not correct. It's the twenty first. Oh no, it's you're right. It's the twenty second. Okay. We are way off. We're okay. the Neptune station today. It's the Neptune station today while we're recording, so it's not <laughs> ideal, but we're pushing through. All right. Um. So there's a Cancer full moon, um, about three weeks into the month, and that'll happen in your eleventh house of friends and groups. And so there's kind of a temporary culmination of energies that have been building for about six months with respect to friendships, with respect to groups that you belong to. Um, or social activities that you do. Yeah, I love that. So much of the focus this month for Virgo rising is about social stuff and like other people. We have like the communicative stuff in the third house. We have the seventh house relationship stuff, and then we have a, a sort of culmination here with this eleventh house Cancer Moon pertaining to like a, a culmination of events or a fruition of events with respect to groups and friends and, and organizations that they are a part of in some way. And that's pretty. Um, Interesting, just in terms of tying all those different topics together, and the sort of more social focus of this month's transits for Virgo, just in general. Yeah, definitely, I agree. That doesn't always happen. So, um, for many of you, this is not necessarily going to be a new development, or it's not going to be a development that just comes out of left field. But that lunation in Cancer in your eleventh house is going to be like. You the results of something that have been building up in your life, or that you've been working towards with respect to relationships in terms of energy that you've been or friendships, energy that you've been putting uh, towards the area of friendships for the past six months. Ever since there was a new moon there about six months ago in the middle of 2018, uh, you're going to start to see the results of that and the sort of eventuation of some of those projects or some of those efforts happening this month with that culmination of events in Cancer at this time. Mm-hmm. And this will be a culmination, but it'll also be within the larger context of the eclipses happening with um, between Cancer and Capricorn for the next couple of years. So we've had one Cancer so far, um, but for the most part, it's going to be this coming year and a half or so. Right. So last month, a lot of people asked us why we didn't mention or why we didn't focus a lot on the shift of the nodes into Cancer and Capricorn. And the reason is because the nodes are simply mathematical points. They're the points in the zodiac where the sun and moon the path of the sun and moon intersect which is when you get eclipses so the nodes really become relevant primarily at those points when eclipses start taking place which is actually going to happen next month um in january when we get our first of a series of eclipses in capricorn and then over the course of the next couple of years we're going to have uh lunations and eclipses bouncing back and forth between cancer and capricorn in your 5th and 11th houses so that axis of like children, creativity, and romance versus friends and groups and alliances, and some major shifts that are going to take place in that area over the course of the next couple of years. Uh, some of these little transits, like this lunation in Cancer or 
that Sun-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn are sort of queuing up or, or teeing up some major changes that are going to start next month in that, that area of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that does bring us to the question that we were going to ask in the comments. So with that Saturn in Capricorn transit in your fifth house, children and romance and things like that, creativity, it's been going on for about a, a year now and will happen for a couple more years. And so we're just asking if any if you would like to share in the comments, how has that been manifesting so far for you if you have noticed um, any manifestations? And if you haven't yet, what kind of goals or long-term plans might you have that you can kind of see the starts of at this point? Sure. So we're going to have a, a Sun-Saturn conjunction, and that's actually going to take place on New Year's Day. Right. So New Year's Day, um, January 1st, Sun-Saturn conjunction. It's actually the second one that we've had in this cycle because there was one last year right after Saturn went into Capricorn. Um, but now that Saturn's been in Capricorn going through your fifth house for a year, we're curious how that's manifested for you or if you've seen any of the topics and themes surrounding some of those fifth house um, sort of archetypes in your life start to manifest so far, or if it, with the current trajectory that you're on, if you can sort of see where that's going already over the course of the next year or two that we have left of that transit so far. So if you have any interesting observations of that, please let us know in the comments section either below this video or on the Astrology Podcast website, uh, just because we're curious how that's manifesting for people so far and what kind of specific developments have been taking place just for the sake of, of sort of crowdsourcing that research into what a, what a Saturn transit through the fifth house in Capricorn looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen one person who's like decided to stay around more for their children, even though they're like in high school. It's like their the, their children's needs are becoming more prioritized in their life. So that's like a pretty common manifestation. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of like Saturn transits to the fifth house. I'm sure we've seen like a lot of manifestations of like that. Um, having children. Yeah, having children and like the seriousness of that. We had a friend a few years ago who went through like a Saturn fifth house, Saturn return transit, and he ended up having like. Uh, an unexpected additional child, and that really strained um, his his like romance life and strained some other areas of his life, his work and home life, uh, and was difficult for a period of time. But eventually, sort of, he pulled through it once the transit was over, and and eventually learned how to manage it. Mm -hmm. um, we've had other people. There's that famous author we always like to use as an example that you first found, which is Judy Bloom, who was like a uh, she's a children's book writer that has a stellium of planets in the fifth house, right? Uh, because one of them is the ruler of the 10th house of career. So it doesn't always manifest as children. There's other people where the fifth house can also be like leisurely activities or games. So one of my examples is like Tiger Woods, who has, I think, Virgo rising with Mercury in Capricorn in the fifth house. And he, of course, became famous for, you know, playing what, even though it's a sport, sport is, is sport a, is a game. Sport is a game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and becoming really good at a specific game and like turning that into his lifelong career. Mm -hmm. So there's many different manifestations of the fifth house. It's like a pretty broad archetype, but we're curious how that's worked out for different people. So let us know in the comments section, either on this video on YouTube or on the podcast website, and we'll see see what that sounds like. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that's it for this horoscope for December of 2018. So thanks for watching. Please be sure to like the video on YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're not already or go to theastrologypodcast.com to learn how to subscribe to the podcast in general and get some subscriber benefits. So uh, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you again next month in January. See you next time. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Libra and Libra Rising for December of 2018. 
Joining me today is Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Chris. And we're going to be looking at your planetary transits for the next few weeks. Uh, let's jump right into it. So this is the transit chart for Libra rising, and it shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and how far through the zodiac they will get by the end of December. So this is useful for showing sort of just the different sectors of your chart that'll have more emphasis over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, we've also got the ingress chart, which shows the dates when different planets will change signs, station retrograde or direct, as well as the two lunations that'll happen over the course of the next month. So let's jump right into it. At the very top of the month, we've got two planets moving into the same sign right about the same time. The first one is Mercury, which is moving into Scorpio on December 1st, and the other one is Venus, which is also ingressing into Scorpio on December 2nd. So for those of you, of course, with Libra rising, Scorpio is your second whole sign house, which is the sector of the chart that has to do with uh, money and financial matters. Right. So it's kind of interesting, this overlap between the two retrograde cycles, the Mercury retrograde cycle, which is retrograding from Sagittarius, the third house, back into the second, and then Venus, which was retrograde and is now moving direct back through the second house. So there's something still being kind of reworked or worked out anew with respect to your income, with respect to your finances, something about that. And it's interesting because for Libra rising in particular, that is where Venus stationed direct was in Libra, and which is your first house of self. And so to me, that potentially at least implies some sort of connection between that kind of reworking of either your image, your persona, how you put yourself out there as a person, as an individual, and this Venus going back through your second house of income, that being connected somehow to that reworking. All right. So maybe something about like who I am versus what am I worth or something like that. Right. Or maybe putting a new image out of yourself if you're self-employed or something and that being connected to like new ways of making money. Yeah. Altering your financial sort of your ability to make money or your financial sort of um, maneuverability. Mm -hmm. All right. So, and with a Mercury retrograde there, of course, Mercury stationing direct there, which it actually does uh, since it's still retrograde for the first month of, or first week of the month, and then it stations direct in Scorpio on December 6th. So that usually means some sort of um, return to or revision, revisioning or reanalysis of your financial situation in your life where perhaps something went awry during the course of the Mercury retrograde and you thought that it was over, but you have to come back to and reanalyze and revisit something with respect to your money or possessions or finances. That way you can finally move forward after the first part of the month. Yeah, exactly. And then after December 6th, then both Mercury and Venus will both be going direct in your second house. And so things should kind of proceed more smoothly or start to get ironed out, especially after that point. Yeah. And um, Venus, especially for those of you with night charts, that's a really positive sort of transit of like cleaning up, smoothing things out, um, sort of rounding rough edges, and basically just creating a better situation financially. Um, going out of it than perhaps you did going into it a few months ago. Mm -hmm, definitely. All right. So that's happening in the first part of the month. And then immediately after that, we have the next major alignment, which is a new moon in Sagittarius, which takes place on December 7th. Right. And so the new moon is a symbolic new beginning, and that'll happen in your third house, which has to do with communication. So that can be speaking, writing, learning, 
Um, it can be education related, but any, any way you express yourself a verb, verbally in particular. Um, it also can have to do with things like siblings, neighbors, your um, immediate neighborhood, or your way of getting around in terms of like transportation, short distance travel, cars, etc. So there'll be some sort of new start within that area at that time, about a week into December. And that kind of punctuates further the Jupiter transit that's started just recently that's going to happen for a year, which will bring expansion anyway to that area of your life. But this will be like a, an extra kind of exclamation point to that new start. Right. We talked a lot about that year-long Jupiter transit in last month's horoscope since it actually began in November. But that really gets going this month with that new moon in Sagittarius. Um, because the new moon always represents a new beginning and it represents like initiating or laying the seeds of something that will grow and develop over the course of the next three months. So with the third house being the, the place of communication, I mean, sometimes it literally represents like siblings or relatives or cousins, your neighborhood, your neighbors, sometimes very literally. Um, more broadly, the the part of the third house that I think is the easiest to access is the part of it that has to do with communication. And one way that you can really take advantage of this and you do something proactively with it is to try to alter your communication style or try to identify something about the way that you communicate and something that you've always wanted to improve about how you communicate with others and use this new moon as a new beginning in order to start working on building some new skill in that specific area whether it's a modification of something that you already do, like a habit or a character trait, or whether it's something that you've always wanted to do, like even learning a new language or something like that. Um, take advantage of this and lay the seeds of the foundations for um, developing some, some new communication trait now. And what will happen is six months from now, when there's a full moon around the middle of next year in the same sign in Sagittarius, you'll start to see the um, skills that you started to develop now in December come to fruition at that time in mid-2019. And I think you'll you'll find that it's worth it. Mm -hmm, definitely. And in addition to your, your style of expression or how you express yourself, also new ways of putting your voice out there. So I've seen, for instance, expansion in um, people starting like a blog or starting a podcast or things that involve you communicating to others more generally. Right. I know a guy that started a podcast when Uranus went into his third house. Yeah? Do you? Yeah. No. It was a very, very popular podcast. <laughs> um, all right. So that's all happening in the first like third of the month, especially. It gets intensified a little bit around December 12th when Mercury goes into Sagittarius, which just um, sort of doubles up some of those ideas surrounding communications and quick in exchanges and things like that in the third house. Um, eventually, later in the month, we get the sun moving into Capricorn, which is your fourth house of home and living situation, as it does around the same time this part of the year every year. And the following day, we have a full moon, which is in Cancer on December 21st. Right. So um, with the sun moving into Capricorn about a three weeks into December, that'll put a lot more emphasis from that point forward till the end of the month on your home and living situation because um, Capricorn is your fourth house of home and family. And then the, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, but the full moon, since it happens the next day, is in your house of career. So the 10th house is career, also superiors, so any relationships with a boss you might have. Um, your public 
kind of public reputation or um, public visibility in the world, the way other people see you who don't know you really well. Right, your, your reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so any of those things. So there'll be a temporary um, culmination during this time uh, around career matters, there should be. Yeah, something that you probably started or some new facet of your life with respect to your career and overall life direction that you initiated six months ago around the middle of 2018 will start to bear fruit at this time and will start to become more visible. And in some instances, this idea of visibility, because the full moon, of course, is when the moon is at its most bright, its brightest and most visible, and happening in your 10th house is kind of interesting because that's also the place where your birth chart is the most visible or where um, planets that go through there are at their most visible, so that symbolically it represents you at your most visible. So there's something about this that could potentially, for some of you, bring you to greater visibility, make your reputation bigger or more notable than it is in other times in your life. Um, and it's a good time sometimes to sort of like come out and like show yourself to the world, um, whether that's professionally or in terms of your reputation or um, you know your, your sort of creative aspects or what have you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And um, while this is a culmination of sorts, it also happens within the larger context of eclipses that are happening in your 10th house of career and your 4th house of home and family that will be happening over the next about year and a half or so. And so this is a culmination within that kind of longer term change within your career. There should be some. Yeah, last month we got a lot of comments about why we didn't focus on or talk about the nodes shifting into Cancer and Capricorn, which occurred last month in November. And actually, the reason for that is because the nodes are just mathematical points that show where the path of the sun crosses the path of the moon. And when that happens, that's when eclipses take place. So um, that shift was important, but it's not really going to become fully important until January when we start getting some of our first eclipses. That will start happening in Cancer and Capricorn on that axis of your tenth house of career versus your fourth house of your home and your living situation and your private life, and that's going to become a huge axis of focus over the next couple of years as we start getting eclipses bouncing back and forth between those two houses over the course of what 2019 and part of 2020 mm -hmm, till about mid 2020. So this will be um, an a temporary intensification of that, um, but look to it as a process as well. Sure. So um, yeah, and some of that's going to sort of emphasize more some of the themes that we've talked about in previous months with Saturn transiting through your fourth house of your home and living situation and some of the restructuring that sometimes happens with that type of transit in terms of either your, your sort of private life and your home and living situation or your um, relationship with your parents and some things going on in their life. Um, we'll, we'll circle back to that because that's actually something that comes up again on on New Year's Day. But before we get to that, I know that we always we keep forgetting to talk about Mars. So why don't we talk about Mars before we forget about mm -hmm. it? So Mars is going to be transiting through your sixth house of work and health through the month of December, and. Um, that's actually kind of interesting given that that's happening leading up to that Cancer full moon in the 10th house of career. So um, it does mean that you'll be putting more of your effort and energy towards work or health during this month, probably. Um, and it also means, though, that you should kind of pay attention to any rough edges, um, any tensions that you might have either um, with coworkers or even potentially superiors. Now, the sixth house is more like either subordinates or coworkers, 
um, but the 10th house is superiors. And so while the Mars transit is happening in your sixth house, that is your workplace. So yeah, I would say just um, you're going to be putting a lot more effort towards work um, in the coming month, um, but just be careful about how you do that. Yeah, that seems like a pretty clear focus. We've got like a lot of second house activity going on in the first part of the month, which is like financial matters. We've got the 10th house career full moon taking place around the, the mid to late part of the month, and we have Mars transiting through the sixth house. So it seems like a large part of the focus for liberizing this month is like work <clears throat> and career. And that Mars transit through the sixth, in the, in the best case, is going to be like putting a lot more energy and sometimes having to really push yourself um, to do more in the workplace. And in the sort of worst case scenario, it could be like overextending yourself or having greater anxiety or um, sort of too much energy expenditure in that area, which can sometimes um, result in like health stuff coming up if you overextend yourself. Other times it can lead to greater irritability or sort of um, tensions or sometimes conflict in the workplace, uh, conflict with if you have people that work underneath you that are like subordinate, sometimes it can be tension with them. So it'll be important to be careful about that and not do anything sort of impetuously that you might regret after the fact if you were, you know, in a not as stressful environment. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, I would agree with all of those things. And I think it's just good to know when people have Mars transiting through the sixth because you do have more work on your plate. And it's kind of good just to know that that's both normal at that time. That just happens for everyone when it transits through their sixth. And also that it's over after December. Yeah, that it has like a fixed limit on it. Because we can see here on the, the transit calendar that it ends <clears throat> right here on December 31st. We have Mars moving out of Pisces and moving into Aries, which is your seventh house of relationships on uh, New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the last transit of the month is Mars moving out of your sixth house of work and health and moving into the seventh house of relationships where it'll be transiting over the course of the next few weeks in um, January. Uh, we'll have to save most of that discussion for next month, but certainly since that's happening on like New Year's Eve, it's something to be aware of because it's mm -hmm. moving into your seventh house of relationships. So if it's New Year's Eve, like make sure you know that you don't get into trouble in the context of relationships with Mars like moving into that sector of your chart on that very night. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So don't be impetuous around relationships at that point once it moves in there. Irrit um, irritable. Don't be irritable if you have like sudden conflict or like I don't want to do that on New Year's Eve. Just kind of like don't don't sweat it too much because it is going to be more of a attention transit. Right. Because then immediately, like the following day, there's this super sobering transit which occurs on January 1st, which is Saturn. Uh, the Sun, which is in Capricorn by that point, exactly conjoins Saturn on January 1st on New Year's Day. So it's like there's this kind of like anxiety or impetuous Mars transit into your seventh on New Year's Eve, but then the following day, there's this more sobering uh, fourth house transit about your home and living situation and like private life. That's happening the following day where things get a little bit more serious. Right. Yeah. I'm sort of like <laughs> thinking about, you know, sort of a joking worst case scenario, like impetuousness on New Year's Eve and then like all your stuff on the lawn on New Year's Day, right. <laughs> like <laughs> outside your home. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, yeah. Or you impetuously like get into a, a relationship and then decide to move the next day, move in with somebody mm, per permanently very, the very next very, day. Very, very serious. <laughs> <Sun>. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, but so the energy, you get the gist, uh, you know, the energy is kind of uh, like it really shifts on New Year's Eve um, for some reason. So Mars going out of Pis more watery Pisces and into Aries, which is a much more direct, sudden kind of energy and very comfortable for Mars to be in. But that means that Mars can easily act that way in, in Aries. And then the Sun-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn on New Year's Day, which is very... Um, very fitting for the day where most people do New Year's resolutions and start cleaning up after their party and things like that. So it's a more um, kind of like get your act together. And actually, if you're having a party at your home, that's very literal if, if you're Libra rising because the Sun-Saturn conjunction is happening in your house of home. Yeah, definitely. And that brings up the question we wanted to ask everybody uh, this month about the Saturn transit through the fourth house. So since it's December, we're now one year into Saturn transiting through Capricorn, which is your fourth whole sign house of your home and living situation and family and private life. And we're kind of curious how that started to develop for those of you who've already started to see some changes and some sometimes challenges, but other times restructuring coming up in that area of your life. Uh, we're curious to hear in the comments section if you feel like sharing your story of what's going on so far. And Additionally, for those of you that have not had any like major concrete stuff, but who can kind of see the trajectory that things are on and can anticipate some of the changes that are um, on the horizon in that area of your life over the next year or two as that transit continues to play out, let us know in the comments section below this video or let us know in the comments section on the Astrology Podcast website for this episode because we're just curious to sort of crowdsource how people are doing with that transit so far. For those of you with Libra rising that have Saturn going through your fourth whole sign house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let us know. We'd love to hear. And I think that's it for December. That's pretty much all the transits. Did we forget any? Are there any major transits that we did not talk about? I think this time we did not forget any. All right. Famous last words. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for this horoscope. Thanks a lot for watching. Uh, we will see you again next month. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to see more. You can also subscribe to the Astrology Podcast through theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe, and there you'll find some information about subscriber benefits and bonus content that's available to patrons of the podcast. So thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you again next month. See you next time. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Scorpio and Scorpio Rising for the month of December of 2018. Joining me today is Lisa Scheim. Hi. Hey. And we're going to go over your transits for the month of December for the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it. So first, here's a transit chart for those of you with Scorpio rising, which shows um, where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and where they will end up by the end of the month, which is helpful in terms of just showing uh, the, the clustering of different planets going through specific houses in your chart, which represent some of the specific areas of your life that are going to be more active over the course of the next few weeks. The other thing we look at is the ingress chart, which shows different dates when planets change signs and move into different signs of the zodiac, as well as dates when planets station retrograde or direct, and also lunations of new moons and full moons during the course of the month. So um, we'll start off with the first set of transits, which takes place right at the very beginning of the month when Mercury actually ingresses into Scorpio on December 1st. And then uh, the very next day, Venus ingresses into Scorpio on December 2nd. Right. And so these are going to put a lot of um, attention on you as a person because with Scorpio rising, the first house is your your house of self. So um, it can be your, your kind of character, your personality, also your body. Um, but it's basically the house of you. And so with Mercury retrograding from the second into the first, um, there'll be 
excuse me, there may, may be more communication going on on your end with Mercury in your house of self, which is the planet of communication. Um, Venus is also going over territory that she went through in September and October. So Venus retrograded, it went direct and then retrograded through your first house and then has temporarily gone back into your 12th house of seclusion. And so while Venus transiting your first house of self can usually bring kind of a more um, general magnetism to you, it can make you sort of like draw people to you, not necessarily romantically, but just in a more general sense. As it's gone back into your 12th house, you might have experienced a little bit more of like um, kind of going back into the shadows. Yeah, um, like, like pulling back socially sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Or just kind of, yeah, doing your own thing again or having less energy. Um, but with it going back through your first house, so there'll be a reversal of that. And so you're going to um, go back over that territory. You'll come back out of the shadows. Um, you may kind of revisit what you were reevaluating regarding maybe how you put yourself out there as a persona, your appearance, things like that. Right. So Venus emerges back into the first and um, starts retreading old ground so that there's sometimes a, a revisiting of some of the decisions that were made uh, a few weeks ago or a few months ago when Venus originally stationed retrograde in your first house. So I know there's a lot of discussion about Sometimes the first house is very literally like appearance and like your physical body. Mm -hmm. So it can be like a makeover or it can be some sort of change that you made to your physical appearance or to your body, which can sometimes also represent things like your health or changes to like dietary things or other other stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And revisiting some of those changes that you've made over the uh, past few months. Um, other times it can be more like character-based in terms of like changes that have happened in your personality. And the way that you present yourself and the way that you interact with other people in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. So, generally, it's Venus, especially for people with night charts, it's going to be more of a positive development. So, it's something about smoothing out and perhaps refining the way that you present yourself to other people and your interactions with other individuals and figuring out ways in which you can sort of like tweak and revise those things in a way that's more sort of constructive and more. Sometimes genuine to to who you are and what you're genuinely about, uh, but other times it can just be smoothing out those areas in order to, if not make it more genuine, at least make it more sort of appealing or more um, amicable towards interacting with other people in a way that's um, friendly and sort of helpful rather than like the opposite, like off-putting or hostile or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we all have lots of different transits at different times that require different things of us or require different facets of our personality to come to the forefront. And so um, it's not inauthentic to have conflict or to have, you know, things like that that are that are more um, rougher edges. But this is the time where you can kind of put out a, a, a kind of more conciliatory vibe and it still be who you are. Right. So that's going to really peak, especially with Mercury stationing direct on December 6th, where it stations direct in Scorpio. If there's been any like miscommunications or other issues that came up with the Mercury retrograde for you since it was happening partially in your rising sign, then a lot of those should be rectified at this point. And you can kind of like make amends or clarify some of those things. Uh, the very next day on December 7th, we have a new moon which takes place in Sagittarius, which is your second house of finances and possessions. Yeah. And so a new moon is always a new start in some area of your life. And so this new start will be in your second house of um, income finances. 
And that takes place also within the context of the more um, lengthy Jupiter transit through your second house, which started recently. Jupiter takes a year to go through each sign. And so Jupiter will bring expansion to the area of income and finances, as we mentioned last month. But this new moon kind of um, helps really kickstart that energy more specifically. Yeah, so we talked about that Jupiter transit, which is going to last for an entire year last month because Jupiter just went in in November. But since we're having a new moon this month, this is really going to be probably the spark that ignites a lot of those developments in your life uh, because a new moon always represents like laying the seeds or the foundations for something that will grow over the course of the next six months. So for you, this should be related to things like your finances, your possessions, your potential to sort of grow and make money. Uh, sometimes the second house can more broadly pertain to like issues of like self worth, which can sometimes be very, um, very tangible in terms of material goods. But other times it can be more sort of like broad themes about like who am I and what am I worth in a in a broader sense. Mm -hmm. What do I bring to people and what is that worth? Yeah, right. and you know this comes um, right after Jupiter just spent a year transiting your first house of self, and though. This won't necessarily be specifically applicable for everyone. I think it will be for enough people to mention that when Jupiter goes through your first house of self, it can kind of expand your your sense of who you are and maybe you know make you realize that you have more qualities that are valuable than your usual sense of self. And so as that then subsequently moves into your second house of income, that can bring to bring you towards like new starts with um, monetizing that, like what you know, I I have a bigger sense of self now, and so how can I make money with that, or how can I use that kind of greater self confidence to go for a new job that will make me more income and things like that. Right. So homework assignment for you guys this month is to start something new with respect to your second house, especially with respect to money and finances, but also just some of these broader topics in general. Lay a, a foundation this month in December that you want to see grow in the long term in terms of some new development that is not going to pay off immediately, but that you can work on incrementally over the course of the next six months. And what will happen is eventually six months from now, about mid 2019, there will be a full moon in your second house and you'll see the results or you'll see some of these efforts start to come to fruition that you initiated in December. So that would be a great way to take advantage of this new moon as well as Jupiter transiting through your second is to um, literally initiate something in this part of your life that you'd like to see grow and develop and eventually mature over the course of the next six months. Definitely. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. And especially so as Mercury moves back into your second house after it goes direct, which will be about um, December 12th. Yeah. So de December 12th, we can see Mercury moving back into Sag and then it just increases and really amps up some of the communication and some of the dealings and goings on that are happening with respect to money and finances in your chart. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's pretty much the first half of the month. Then eventually that brings us to the second half of the month where the next major thing that happens is the sun ingresses into Capricorn on December 21st, uh, which for those of you of Scorpio rising, of course, is your third house of communication. And then the very next day we have a full moon which takes place in Cancer in your ninth whole sign house of education and travel and beliefs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so while the first few weeks of the month the sun is in your second house of income, which we've already discussed, it now moves into, for the last week or so, um, your third house, which has to do with communication, siblings, um, your immediate neighborhood or environment, neighbors, things like that, short distance, short distance travel. 
Um, and then the full moon, which will be immediately highlighted afterwards, will light up your ninth house, which has to do with um, more long distance travel. Um, I mean, interestingly, that falls right around the holidays because, of course, lots of people do travel for the holidays. Um, but also um, higher education, your sort of worldview and beliefs. Yeah. So sometimes, <clears throat> since it's a full moon, usually it represents the culmination of something that was initiated in that area of your life six months earlier. <clears throat> so it would have been during the middle part of 2018. Maybe you started something in terms of learning something new, or somehow your belief system or your your outlook in the world in general started to grow and develop in a new and somewhat unexpected way. And what's happening now is that you're reaching a point of culmination where some of those new developments are actually starting to bear fruit and starting to come to light um, in a way that they become more obvious, like facets of your life, even though they may have been developing very subtly or very slowly up till now. Suddenly, they're sort of more obvious or hard to overlook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And these are also the two areas of your chart where you will be having eclipses over the next approximately year and a half. And so while there is going to be a temporary culmination in that ninth house area of your life um, with respect to travel or, or um, education or belief systems, this is also within the larger context of um, changes that will continue to occur over the next year and a half or so. Yeah, I remember last month we had a lot of questions about why we didn't talk about the nodes and their shift into Cancer and Capricorn last month in November. And part of the reason for that is that the nodes are just mathematical points that shows where the path of the sun intersects or crosses the path of the moon. And when that happens, that's when eclipses take place. So the nodes are actually more important or they become more important when eclipses start happening in those signs because the nodes basically just designate what signs of the zodiac eclipses are taking place in at any one given in given moment in time. So in January, actually, that's when the nodes are going to become really important because we're going to start seeing a bunch of eclipses starting to take place between Cancer and Capricorn and between your ninth house and your third house over the course of the next couple of years. And this month, we're starting to see sort of a lead into that with this full moon in Cancer as well as the sun ingressing into Capricorn into your third house and conjoining Saturn um, at the very beginning of January on January 1st. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of a really serious note to end January, or sorry, to end December on, but it's very fitting with the New Year's Day kind of feel. It's just sort of more emphasized than usual. So there's the kind of cliche, you know, making New Year's resolutions and kind of cleaning up your act and, you know, starting exercise things, things like that. And um, so that'll just, there'll be a more serious vibe on New Year's Day um, when the sun conjoins Saturn in your third house, which is more about um, communicative activities and so forth, um, the other topics we mentioned. And so that'll put a little, yeah, those two areas of your life, um, you'll just see a lot more kind of activity and either change or sort of intentional change on your part. Yeah, I mean the 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 full moon in the ninth house is like coming to new realizations and hitting new a new level or hitting a new um sort of what what's the other what's the synonym for like a level like a new height when it comes to knowledge and wisdom that you've acquired um and the third house is by contrast how you communicate what you've learned in the ninth house mm -hmm. and over the next couple of years ever since last december you've had saturn going through your third house which sometimes can present obstacles or or barriers that you have to overcome with respect to communication but um for some of you if you're able to push through that 
uh, you'll eventually develop new skills and new abilities in that area of communication that you might not have had previously or that weren't very well developed previously by sort of expending extra energy in that specific area of your life. And that's part of what we're going to be leading into in the new year here with that Saturn conjunction or that Sun Saturn conjunction in your third house, followed by a solar eclipse in your third house in January as well. But I guess I'm kind of getting ahead of. I, mm-hmm. I'm excited about those eclipses. <laughs> so I'm wanting to like jump into January already. Right, right. We should cover Mars before we get to January. <laughs> Mars. So we always overlook Mars. We cannot. We cannot overlook Mars. Cannot. It, it is the ruling planet, of course, mm-hmm. for those with Scorpio rising. Right. So. Uh, Mars. Let's talk about Mars. Mars is moving through Pisces pretty much all month until the very end of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Mars is, of course, more important for you if you're Scorpio or Scorpio rising because Mars rules Scorpio. And um, Mars will be moving through your fifth house, which has to do with um, recreation. So think just things that you do for fun. It also has to do with children. Um, if you either have children or work with children in any capacity um, or deal with children, and um, sexuality, pregnancy, things like that, um, and also creative output, so any artistic um, pursuits that you have. So wherever Mars goes, you're temporarily putting more energy or effort into that area of your life. And so we could see that you might be um, sort of either for reasons that are presented to you or you're just an um, internal impulse is to put more energy through, uh, through those topics of your life in December. Yeah, so this could be uh, putting greater emphasis or more energy into the topic of children, and sometimes that could be your own children or like other people's children that are somehow involved in your life in some way. Um, sometimes this excess energy can like spill over and turn into anxiety surrounding matters pertaining to children or other fifth house topics, or it can sometimes either even turn into like conflicts or strife involving those things. Sometimes if the energy sort of gets out of control. Um, it can also, as you were saying, put be just a lot of energy into creative matters, which is another fifth house topic, or even leisurely activities like games and things like that. Mm-hmm. My favorite um, fifth house example is uh, Tiger Woods, who has the ruler of the ascendant in the fifth house, and his his entire career is based on what is otherwise for most people like a leisurely activity, which is is playing golf. Mm-hmm, definitely, and um. Yeah, I think Stephen Forrest like puts a lot of emphasis on, you know, not kind of negating or sort of um, you know, giving proper due to recreation and when those kind of transits or areas of your life are highlighted because it gives you kind of um, you know, actual respite and recovery to like deal with the harder stuff and that that is like really necessary. So I think he usually talks about Venus in that way, but I think the 5th house here kind of applies as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that transit's happening pretty much all of uh, the month of December until the very last day of December, where on New Year's Eve, Mars finits, finishes its transit through Pisces and it moves into Aries. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a shift from your fifth whole sign house to your sixth whole sign house. And the sixth house is traditionally the place of work as well as the place of health. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a funny shift to have on New Year's Eve because. You know, usually you'd want that fifth house type of activity to be continuing through your through your New Year's Eve, but all of a sudden on New Year's Eve, for some reason, you're gonna be some part of you is gonna be suddenly focused on work or health. Yeah, and it's like 
you know, that transit's really going to take place for the most part in January, and that transit's going to come to dominate January. But it's interesting that it really starts, that shift starts to happen on New Year's Eve so mm -hmm. that um, it moves from like the house of fun to the house of work. And suddenly, for, for most of January, you'll start to get more focused on matters pertaining to work and probably expending a lot of energy in that area of your life, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's interesting that, that you may start to feel or start to be able to anticipate that shift already on New Year's Eve. Right. Yeah. So if you don't feel like going out or something, you know, that, that could be expected. If you do go out, just take care that you don't injure yourself or something like that. Sure, since the sixth house can sometimes be like health, so sometimes it can be greater focus on health, like going to the gym or like a mm -hmm. diet or exercise regime. So maybe like a New Year's resolution or something like that. But you also have to be careful not to overextend yourself or not to push yourself too far. Right. Yeah, definitely. Sure. All right. Um, I think that's it in terms of the major transits that we wanted to focus on this month. The only thing that was left was the the question we wanted to ask listeners for how their Saturn transits going through the third house. Right. And so um, as we mentioned, Saturn's transiting through your third house of communication. And so we're kind of wondering, as it's been about a year since the Saturn transit started and it's still a couple more years to go, how has that been manifesting for you so far um, in terms of projects or efforts that you've been putting towards um, greater um, either restructuring of how you communicate or new ways of communicating. And if you haven't seen any major manifestations, do you see kind of inklings of um, kind of goals that you might set in that area for yourself over the next couple of years? Right. And other third house topics are things like siblings, relatives, um, short distance travel. Uh, sometimes education can come up as a third house topic in mm -hmm. different ways. Um, but communication is definitely a big one, and that Saturn transit began a year a year ago now, so we're one year into it. And for some of you, that's certainly ramped up, and you probably have started to see some of the manifestations of that transit and some of the sometimes challenges that comes up, but also just restructuring that occurs with a heavy Saturn transit of that type. And for others, um, maybe it hasn't fully started to impact you yet, but you might see the sort of trajectory that you're on, and you might already start to, start to be anticipating where some of that's going to go for you over the next couple of years. So whatever the case is, if you have an interesting observation about that transit so far, definitely let us know in the comments section below, either on the YouTube video or on the comment section of the podcast website for this episode, just because we're curious to kind of like crowdsource some of the research about how that transit's going through your third house so far, and to sort of share some stories about different manifestations of it um, up till now. Mm -hmm. All right, I think that's it for this uh, this episode. So thanks a lot for watching. Uh, please be sure to like the video and subscribe if you're watching it on YouTube. Otherwise, you can find out more information about the podcast at theastrologypodcast.com/slash/subscribe, and you can find out about some of the bonus uh, features and benefits that are available to patrons of the Astrology Podcast. So thanks a lot for watching. Uh, good luck in the new year, and we'll see you again in January. We'll see you next time. All right. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Sagittarius and Sagittarius Rising for December of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Chris. And we're going to be looking at your transits for the next few weeks for the month of December. So let's first pull up the transit chart, which shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and how far through the zodiac they will get by the end of the month. And then secondarily, we're going to look at the um, ingress chart, which shows the days in which the planets will move into different signs of the zodiac, as well as when they'll station retrograde or direct, and also when the lunations will take place, the new moons and full moons, 
during the course of the month. So let's start at the top of the month where we get two nearly simultaneous ingresses of planets into Scorpio on the 1st and 2nd. So on December 1st, we have Mercury moving into Scorpio, which is your 12th house. And the following day, we have Venus on December 2nd also moving into Scorpio and thus also moving into your 12th house. Yeah, so the month starts with a lot of really internal activity because both um, Mercury and Venus ruling into the falling into the 12th house. The 12th house is really behind the scenes kind of activity. Um, It can be a place of solitude where you are either spending time alone because you want to or because of necessity. It can also have to do with people who are traditionally called enemies, people at working at cross purposes to yours. But a lot of it basically has to do with being alone. And so don't be surprised if starting at the beginning of the month or so, um, there is more of a, a turn internally towards um, spending more time alone to kind of your internal spaces. Um, the Mercury will only be there a little under two weeks um, before it goes back into Sagittarius. So that's a little bit less so, but Venus will be there what all month, I think. Yeah, Venus is transiting through Scorpio the entirety of the month once it goes in on the second. Um, And this is, of course, both planets, since they were retrograde previously and now they're stationing direct and moving forward again, they're actually returning back to this sector of the chart. So a lot of the things that they're bringing are not necessarily new things, but instead it's revisiting old things that have happened over the course of the past few weeks or the past two or three months. Um, so Venus, especially for some of you with like night charts, um, going through the twelfth house, sometimes that sort of transit can be like reconciling with enemies or reconciling with people who you had a falling out with previously. Um, especially if it was as a result of some sort of misunderstanding or some circumstances where you don't really need to stay fallen out, but instead there's a possibility for you to reconcile. This might be a good transit in order to attempt to reach out and make. Um, that sort of overture towards somebody in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And Venus also um, going through the twelfth in Scorpio. Um, you know, I don't ever like to overemphasize the subconscious aspect of the twelfth, but it certainly is one aspect of it. And so, if you've been having any sort of um, like psychological turmoil, with which certainly with retrogrades through the twelfth could sometimes happen. Um, it could be a time where you're starting to feel that smooth out a bit more. Um, your sort of internal psyche kind of gets a little bit more calmed down and that sort of thing. Yeah, sometimes like a Mercury direct station, which is what's happening on December 6th, can be like um, you know getting help or starting to speak about it and doing deep sort of introspection or sometimes philosophical or sort of religious introspection um, into the 12th is traditionally called the place in between worlds. And sometimes can represent um, an interesting middle ground between like what is real versus what is not, or what is tangible versus what is intangible, or sometimes those sort of deep inward dives that are necessary. But I like that suggestion. Like even something like psychological counseling would be a great twelfth house type thing with Mercury stationing direct there. And sometimes if there's things that you've been struggling with, um, figuring out a way to. Um, start to deal with some of those things just through talking or through communicating about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for anyone who has been doing the more sort of metaphysical or occult pursuits, certainly the uh, a twelfth house transit with Venus going direct through there could be positive for those kind of explorations as well. Sure, definitely. All right, so that's taking place especially in the first half of the month. Uh, like I said, Mercury 
goes into Scorpio, retrogrades back into Scorpio, it stations direct on December 6th, and then it's traveling through that sign all the way until December 12th when Mercury moves into Sagittarius and leaves Scorpio. Uh, but before we get to that point, there is a new moon that takes place on December 7th in Sagittarius in your first house, which is the house of mind and body. So this represents a new beginning because it's a new moon in the first house of self. Mm-hmm. And that's a really lovely um, start to the Jupiter transit, which started recently. So Jupiter transit started last month, and that's a year-long expansion of your sense of self, of your persona, um, putting yourself out there as an individual, and that sort of thing. And so with the moon, uh, the new moon happening on December 7th in the same sign, which is your, your rising sign or your sun sign, respectively, if you're Sagittarius sun or Sagittarius rising, it kind of jump starts that that um, process of expansion of self. Yeah, so some of those themes may have started, and we talked a lot about that last month because Jupiter just moved into Sagittarius last month and your rising sign. But this month, um, with that new moon taking place in Sagittarius near first house, that should really start to kick off some of those themes that we were talking about because a new moon represents laying the seeds or foundations for something that will grow and develop over the next six months. So this is a great time to. Uh, initiate something to start something. Um, one aspect of the first house is your physical body and physical well-being. So sometimes starting a new diet or exercise regime is a pretty common um, first house type topic when somebody has a new moon that takes place in their first house. Other times the first house can be more about your personality or your character. So if there's some part of your personality that you've been meaning to push yourself to grow and develop or something you've wanted to change or try doing differently for a long time, but you, you haven't been sure when to start that or when to try it, now would be a great time to initiate that. And This could be sort of like a homework assignment for this month is to try initiating something new that won't have results immediately, but is something that you need to work on in the long term. And What will happen is that if you keep working on it consistently over the course of the next six months, what you'll find is that somewhere around the middle of next year, during the middle of 2019, there will eventually be a full moon in your first house in Sagittarius, and you'll see some of the, the results or you'll see some of the things that you initiated at this time start to come to fruition and start to bear fruit around the middle of next year. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's some of the stuff that's going on with that. Um, that accelerates. Some of that accelerates and picks up a little bit uh, towards the middle of the month when Mercury goes into Sagittarius on December 12th, which just emphasizes or re-emphasizes some of those Sagittarius placements by bringing additional like communications and exchanges to that area of your chart. Um, another major transit that we have going on most of the month is Mars is actually transiting through Pisces and through your fourth whole sign house which is the sector of your chart that pertains to your home and your living situation, your, your parents or family in general, as well as your private life. Uh, and That's a trend that, that's basically happening the entirety of the month of December. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so with Mars transiting your four, fourth house of home and family, um, you could be needing to expend more effort or energy towards those type of topics. So maybe your physical home needs working on, either kind of cleaning up or actually um, construction or you know renovations, that sort of thing. Um, it could be that you need to expend more effort or energy to help your family or to help your parents in particular. Um, so basically, any anytime Mars transits, you need to put more energy into that area during the time of its transit, which is the almost the whole month of December. Um, 
It also will hit Neptune, though, kind of early in the month. And so while that is everything we just said does stand, you know, putting more energy or effort towards home or family, there could be some sort of nebulousness um, as it hits off that longer term Neptune transit around. Um, and I think of especially with with the Neptune transiting the fourth like water issues. Um, with home, that's literally something that happens a lot when there's Neptune transits of the fourth. So trying to get a handle on like if you have any water or mold issues in your home, that's that sounds oddly specific, but I've seen it happen a lot. Yeah. So and that conjunction actually takes place around like the seventh or something, which is around when Mercury stations direct, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which is interesting because it's stationing direct in the twelfth, and that's one of the like hidden houses, and then the fourth house is one of the other hidden houses, and mm-hmm. then. Mars is also conjoining Neptune, which itself can be kind of like that which is hidden or nebulous in some way. Right. So um, all of that's a little interesting. Sometimes the Mars transit through the fourth house, though, it can indicate like tensions or disagreements with respect to either the home and living situation or with respect to one's family. Mm-hmm. So you want to be careful this month um, not to get into any major disputes unless they're like necessary or something that you want to do and it's sort of like necessary that's been coming for a long time. Um, sometimes with Mars transits, you have to be careful not to do something sort of impetuous or that you might regret later when it's not in the heat of the moment mm-hmm. um, in terms of your home and living situation. Like if there's some sort of dispute with let's say like a landlord or dispute with a parent or some other fourth house type figure like that, um, try to give yourself some breathing room so that you can see the big picture rather than sort of diving into or doing something immediately that you might come to regret later. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a Mars transit that's taking place most of December and then eventually ends at the very end of the month when Mars completes its transit through Pisces and actually moves into Aries, which is your fifth whole sign house on the very last day of the month on December 31st. Right. And so we'll get to talk about that more in January since it's mostly a January transit. But um, on New Year's Eve, Mars will move out of your um, house of home and family and into your house of children, recreation, and creative pursuits. And so um, that kind of um, potential for tension, but also an outlet for a lot of um, uh, where you might need to expend more effort will move more towards your children if you have any or towards creative pursuits or towards your recreation rather than home and family, which it is um, through most of December. Right. And backing up just a little bit, uh, the the sun actually ingresses into Capricorn on the 21st of the month, mm-hmm. uh, which for those of you with Sagittarius rising, that is your second house of finances and possessions. And then right after that on the 22nd, there is a full moon in Cancer uh, in your eighth house of shared resources, right? So um, much of the month, the first three weeks out of uh, or so out of the four of December, the sun will be in your first house of self. So there'll be a lot of attention on you as an individual, um, which is usually a time where you can kind of be more focused on yourself, uh, either positively or negatively. Um, but it is more uh, more attention there. But then the sun will go into Capricorn, your second house of income, and you'll be more focused on your finances at that point from about three weeks in on. Um, and then with that full moon immediately following that in the eighth house of shared resources, that's kind of a, a temporary culmination in the area of either your partner's resources or um, finances that you may share with a business or personal partner. 
um, if you have one of those. Um, it, it can also be surrounding the topics of um, like mortgages, loans, taxes. That, debt, debt in general. Debt in general, yeah. Um, yeah, basically finances that aren't like specifically income or possessions. Also inheritance, um, issues of mortality. Right. So that's a culmination. It's taking place around the 22nd. Um, this is really kind of activating and it's kind of a precursor to some of the activations that are going to take place and going to really ramp up in January when we start having eclipses in Capricorn. And uh, last month, there's a lot of people that asked us why we didn't talk much about the nodes moving into Cancer and Capricorn in November. And it's because the nodes are actually the paths where uh, it's the, they're mathematical points which show where the sun and moon, their paths intersect. And when that happens, of course, when the moon moves in front of the sun, we have an eclipse. So the nodes actually will become important and their their movement into Cancer and Capricorn will become important next month because we're going to start having eclipses in Cancer and Capricorn in your second and eighth houses. And that's going to keep bouncing back and forth over the course of the next couple of years. Exactly. And so while there will be this temporary culmination in your area of shared resources, it is happening within the larger context of those eclipses, which will be happening through mid-2020 in your two financial houses. Yeah. So some of that is bringing up stuff we've already talked about before with like the Saturn transit through your second house and some of the greater, sometimes that can indicate a period in which um, finances are a little bit tighter or you have to learn how to live with less. Other times it can be like a challenge that comes up or a restructuring that occurs within the context of finances and possessions. Um, but over the next couple of years, that's going to become much more of the focus as we start getting some of those eclipses and you have these uh, sort of intervals of like six months periods of like starting something new in one house and then seeing a culmination or a major culmination six months later and just bouncing back and forth between your money versus other people's money as a major topic over the course of the next two years. Mm -hmm. That actually brings up our, our homework assignment and our little like question that we wanted to give to listeners, which has to do with Saturn's transit through the second house since now we're officially one year into Saturn's transit through Capricorn, which actually started last December. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're wondering as we're a year into about a three-year transit here, um, if you'd like to share in the comments what your experiences have been so far in terms of any manifestations that you've noticed so far about how that Saturn transit is playing out for you in your second house of income and possessions, um, any restructuring that you have done um, around how you make an income or things like of that nature. And if you haven't noticed anything yet, even any inklings that you see about um, goals that you could set for kind of long-term restructuring um, in the next couple years as it's still going through um, your second house. Yeah. For some of you, that transit, which started last year, has already started to manifest and you've started to see some of the challenges or some of the restructuring that's coming up within the context of finances. For others, it's more like um, you might be able to anticipate or see where that's going to go based on the trajectory that your life is already on and how that might start to manifest over the course of the next year or two. So either way, uh, let us know what if you have any interesting observations that you feel like sharing with everybody else that has Sagittarius rising, let us know in the comment section below either this YouTube video or on the astrologypodcast.com website in the comment section for this episode and we'll sort of like crowdsource just an exploration of some of the different ways that that transit has manifested so far and some of the different ways that people are dealing with it or trying to work with it constructively. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the month and to the end of this um, 
horoscope for December? Is there anything that we like forgot to mention that we're completely spacing out? I think those are all the major things. I don't remember if we talked about the Sun-Saturn conjunction yet for this one. Yeah, I mean, there is. We've got Mars um, ingressing into Aries on New Year's Eve, and then what's weird is that on January first, on New Year's Day, the Sun actually conjoins Saturn in your second house. So it's like there's this weird shift that takes place of two relatively significant inner planets on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, so that it's almost like there's a stark difference between the very last day of the year and then a change that's occurred where things become a bit more sober on the first day of next year. So this doesn't necessarily have to be like a major issue or anything like that, but um, it could be sort of the start of a new year. And for some of you, that's going to be like New Year's resolutions surrounding some of that just second house financial stuff, like personal possessions, finances, issues of self-worth, and like broader questions like that um, becoming much more of the focus starting January 1. Mm-hmm, for sure. And if you you know take your Mars transit that went into the fifth house of having fun on New Year's Eve, and then you you come back home the next day and realize how much you spent, that will, that will be that could be one manifestation of that. <laughs> yeah, I could see that as being a pretty good, pretty literal one. Mm-hmm. All right, well, everybody have fun on New Year's Eve. Try not to have too much fun, um, but yeah, we hope you have a good time. And thanks a lot for watching this video. Um, if you'd like to be sure to like and subscribe the video if you're watching on YouTube. Otherwise, go to theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe for more information on how to subscribe to the podcast and how to get some subscriber benefits that come along with that. Um, otherwise, have a good month of December and we will see you again in January. See you next time. All right. Have a good new year. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Capricorn and Capricorn Rising for December of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Chris. And we're going to be looking at your transits for the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it. So first, we're going to show a transit chart that shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and how far through the signs of the zodiac they will get by the end of the month. Uh, the other chart we want to look at is the planetary alignments, which shows the ingresses and what specific dates each of the planets move into different signs, as well as when they station retrograde or direct and also the two lunations that take place, which are the new moon and full moon on different days of this month. So in terms of um, interpretations, in terms of our starting point, uh, we want to start at the top, which is that on December 1st, uh, the planet Mercury moves into the zodiacal sign of Scorpio, which for those of you with Capricorn rising is your 11th house of friends and groups and alliances. And the very next day, the planet Venus also moves into Scorpio on December 2nd. Right. And this is kind of an overlap between two different retrograde cycles. So while Mercury is retrograding back from your 12th house of Sagittarius into your 11th house of friends, Venus has gone direct now in her retrograde cycle, but she's now going forward through the 11th house of friends. So in two different ways, there's kind of like a a revisiting and a tying up and then finally moving forward with um, things having to do with your friends um, and and groups and of people that you belong to. Yeah. So this is the, the tail end of both of those Mercury retrograde periods. So there's some period of returning back to or revisiting something that occurred either a few weeks earlier when it comes to the Mercury retrograde and some of the, the communications or the snafus that can come up within that context. Or with the Venus retrograde, this is something that happened over the course of the past few months. So with the Venus um, 
going direct and now moving through your eleventh uh, house, Venus usually has to in, do with unifying and reconciling things. So, if there were any sort of um, like a falling out, or if you've had any sort of issues with friends over the course of the past few months or even the past year, this could potentially be a good time to try to reconcile or sort of extend an olive branch in order to smooth out that area of your life, whether it came to comes to a specific friendship or a group relationship or something of that sort that's connected with the 11th house, this can be a pretty positive transit for just developing and sort of settling relationships in that area of your life. Yeah, definitely. Um, you also may or may not notice um, something having to do with September and October when Venus was going through Scorpio the first time. Um, during the retrograde. And so this is going to be the same territory that Venus is then going back over. It refers back to that time. So sometimes there's linkages between those two time periods that you can notice. Right. Sometimes it links uh, like specific concrete events that happened where there's like a setup earlier in the year, a few months ago when the planet first stationed retrograde. And then there's a sort of sense of things coming full circle or being brought to completion now in that area of your life as the the last tail end of that transit's taking place. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so that's really dominating the first part of the month and uh, intensifies especially around December 6th when Mercury actually stations direct in Scorpio in your 11th house, thus essentially being the end of the retrograde period. And then Mercury will start moving forward again and will eventually leave Scorpio and move into Sagittarius on December 12th. Um, Before we get there, though, there's our first lunation of the month, which actually takes place on December 7th. And that is a new moon that's taking place in Sagittarius in your 12th whole sign house. Right. And the 12th house is um, its kind of behind the scenes. And we mentioned a little bit last month that that's where Jupiter is going to be expanding things for you this year. Jupiter takes one year to transit through a sign. And so um, it just entered last month. And so it'll be expanding your kind of behind the scenes area of your life. That can have to do with your internal world, can have to do with things that you do on your own. Um, it can be sort of an expansion of like psychological or metaphysical contemplative pursuits. It, it's a quieter time for sure, but within that there's an expansion. And so this new moon on December 7th kind of kickstarts that Jupiter transit um, happening in the same sign. Yeah. Uh, and the 12th house is weird because it can sometimes be a house that has to do with endings. It's kind of like the end. It's the last ha- of the 12 houses. And it's the house that planets go through before they move into the first house where they kind of emerge and they start the cycle over again at the first house, then the second house, then the third house. And so sometimes the 12th house can be about endings or like wrapping up a chapter of your life. And having this new moon take place in your 12th house this month is kind of an interesting contradiction because it symbolizes something like the beginning of the end or the beginning of the end of a chapter in some way. That will play out, especially over the course of the next six months, um, before eventually around the middle of 2019, you'll have a full moon in your 12th house, and that will be like the culmination of the sort of ending phase in some sense. And it will become clear what exactly is winding down or what you have to sort of let go of in that part of your life before you can move into the new cycle that will follow. So, one of the questions or one of the homework assignments for this month might be thinking about what things might be closing down or what cycles might be winding down right now at this part in your life that you could be become okay with sort of like letting go of or walking away from with the knowledge that there's something else around the corner that's about to begin. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And then, and kind of, that's the kind of big picture of what's going on in the kind of a smaller picture. The first three weeks of the, the four weeks of December, that's where the sun will be transiting as well. And that typically, that's where the sun is transiting for you every year during this time of year. And what that means is, is usually a quieter time of year. So for those few weeks while the sun is in your 12th house, um, it's not uncommon at all to feel like you want to take more time for yourself, even though it's leading up to the holidays and that sort of thing. So I think that's helpful oftentimes to let people know that that's kind of the space that it's normal to be in at this time. Yeah, 12th house transits tend to be more reclusive, and that's why sometimes traditionally they were associated with like reclusive places like prisons and mm -hmm. um, hospitals, hospitals, ashrams, yeah. Yeah, but sometimes even something as simple as like becoming reclusive and like going away to like a library or something and spending your days reading books and sort of hanging out on your own can sometimes fit the symbolism of that sort of transit in a way that's still useful and beneficial, even if it's not as like overtly exciting or public as, as you might be used to with other types of transits. Yeah, definitely. All right. So um, yeah, that's taking place most of the first part of the month, especially focused on that new moon in Sagittarius. It sort of gets amped up a little bit when Mercury goes into Sagittarius on December 12th, where it will stay for the rest of the month. But then eventually we get into the later part. Well, actually, before we get there, we should stop and talk about the Mars transit, which is mm -hmm. going through Pisces pretty much the entirety of the month, which is for those with Capricorn rising, your third house of communications. Yeah. So um, when Mars transits your third house, it can be a time of additional effort or um, energy that you put towards third house topics. And one of those is siblings, another is communication. So reading, writing, speaking, um, learning things, and um, also your immediate neighborhood or your neighbors. And so d going on short distance trips, going around town, that kind of thing, you might need to do more often. Um, any of those topics, you're either going to be putting more effort towards for some reason that you need to, or it could also be an area of temporary um, tensions. So you could have more tensions than usual arise um, if you have siblings, like with your siblings or with neighbors or things like that. And so it's a good time to kind of, if you need to put effort towards those things, then do, but kind of be aware that the, um, you know, the flip side of that extra energy in that area is, uh, you know, potential for rough edges. Right. Um, yeah. So some of the figures are like third house, um, neighbors or neighborhood, short distance travel, definitely taking greater precautions in some of those areas just because the tendency sometimes for conflict or strife to come up or just anxiety can be heightened with a Mars transit like that, especially for those of you with day charts. Doesn't necessarily have to be the worst case scenario, but definitely taking greater pains to be um, somewhat restrained in your communication and to avoid doing things that are more impulsive or risky in that area of your life might be called for just for the sake of, of navigating it successfully. Mm -hmm. Be more careful driving for sure and and let things slide if you get angry on the road. That's like an easy transit to like get mad at other drivers. Right. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So that transit's happening pretty much the entirety of the month. Um, Mars does conjoin Neptune at one point. I don't know if we wanted to mention that. And then eventually it finishes its transit through Pisces and will move into Aries on the very last day of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's see. Did you want to do the Mars and Aries? 
Um, let's before we get there, let's touch on just very quickly the last, the second lunation, mm-hmm. just so we can go chronologically. So uh, the sun completes its transit through Sagittarius and moves into Capricorn on December twenty first. So it actually moves into your rising sign or into your sun sign, depending on what perspective you're looking at this from. And then immediately the very next day, we get our second lunation of the month, which is a full moon that's taking place in Cancer on December 22nd in your seventh house of relationships. Mm-hmm. So once the sun does go into Capricorn, that kind of ends that. It, there are other things still going on in your 12th house, but it ends that extra emphasis on kind of solitude and you start coming back out into your world um, because the first house is the house of um, body and mind. It's kind of the the one most closely identified with your own individual identity. So your persona and things like that. So the sun transiting through your first then brings you back out into the world and a little bit more forward. Um, And then the full moon is kind of a temporary, not a temporary, um, like a culmination of sorts in your seventh house of partnership. So typically we say that um, whatever was seeded about six months ago will then come to some sort of culmination during that time. So with respect to either a personal partnership, like a marriage partnership or, you know, um, just a relationship that you have, or it can be a business partnership. This is also going to be within the context of the eclipses, though, that are happening in Capricorn and Cancer. And so this is um, still an ongoing story. Yeah, a lot of people asked us last month why we didn't mention the eclipses um, or why we didn't mention the nodes moving into different signs. And it was actually because uh, the nodes are the the path of the it represents the path of the sun and the moon and so it shows when the moon will pass over the sun and therefore when an eclipse will take place so the shift of the nodes last month into cancer and capricorn isn't really going to become fully relevant until next month especially in january when we start getting a series of eclipses that are going to take place uh, in capricorn and then cancer in your first and your seventh house and that's going to initiate a sequence of a bunch of eclipses that are going to start bouncing back and forth between those two signs over the course of the next couple of years. And the basic or most fundamental contrast between those two or that axis of signs in your chart is the contrast between self, which is the first house, and other people in your life or others, which is the seventh house. So often this has to do with themes of developing your sense of selfhood and what you're about or who you are, which sometimes can manifest literally in things, in changes in terms of your appearance or your physical body. Other times it can manifest as focusing more on like character traits or things having to do with your mind or your spirit in terms of the first house. Um, the initial thing that we're seeing here though with this full moon that's taking place on the 22nd is a culmination of events with respect to relationships. And so relationships start becoming a bit more of the focus and the sort of spotlight is on relationships in the second half of the month around the time of this full moon. And we're going to see that ramp up a lot more in the coming year as we start getting eclipses in that sign before too long. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've covered the two lunations. We've covered all the main transits. The, The last thing that happens at the very, very end of the month is on New Year's Eve on the final day of the month. Mars completes its transit through Pisces and it moves into Aries, which is your fourth house of home, uh, parents, and your private life in general. So we get a little bit of a shift at the very, very end of the year 
that takes us into, and, and the majority of this transit will actually take place next month in January. But it's kind of curious that it that it starts or it begins on the very last day of the year. Yeah, so we'll talk about it more next month. Um, but it's just kind of a sudden shift of especially the feel of the energy as well as the area it's expressed in. And so Mars in Pisces is a much more indirect, watery sign. And then it suddenly goes into Aries, which Mars rules and is much more direct and forceful and kind of forthright. And so that energy kind of switches on New Year's Eve, and it also switches to your fourth house of home and family. And so they'll, there may be kind of like a, a sudden shift on New Year's Eve of where you're kind of feeling like putting your energy all of a sudden. Um, and you know, that will go on through January. Yeah. So there's probably going to be a shift towards more energy being put towards the area of home and family. Um, maybe more work done in your living situation or with respect to your house in general. For some people, this can indicate greater anxiety or tension surrounding the living situation that begins with that transit, but sort of carries through it for different reasons. Or sometimes, um, yeah, just like conflicts can come up at home sometimes within that context. Um, whatever it is, it's something that's just sort of starting on New Year's Eve. So it's not maybe hugely important to pay attention to, but definitely we can see some of the the shifts or the shifts of the energy taking place so, somewhat starkly um, right around New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Definitely. And then the other one that shifts on New Year's Day is the Sun-Saturn conjunction goes exact right on New Year's Day. And while that's right into January. It's not technically December. We thought we'd mention it since it's the tail end of December, basically. And so the Sun-Saturn conjunction going exact on New Year's Day is pretty striking in terms of, you know, New Year's Day is often a day of kind of cleaning up and starting New Year's resolutions and things like that. And so um, people are usually kind of getting back to work or kind of trying to clean things up in whatever areas that day. But this will feel even more so than usual. And it'll be kind of like an energy of really getting back to work. And in particular, it's in your first house of self. And so you could have an extra spurt of like, I'm going to work on my body. I'm going to go to the gym this year um, because the first house, one of the topics is the body. Um, but also just a general sense of like your overall life, like getting serious about what you're doing, whatever you're focused on, like self-improvement. Yeah. And this is almost sort of the one year anniversary. It's been a year now that Saturn has been transiting through Capricorn because it went into that sign originally in December of 2017. Mm -hmm. So it's been one year, and this will be the second time in that cycle that the sun has conjoined Saturn. So it's kind of an important turning point to reflect on what that transit has been about for you, especially those of you. It's especially important for those of you with Capricorn rising or where Capricorn is a dominant sign in your chart, just because that represents the transit of Saturn through that sign over a two or three year period. And the increasing sense of importance. Um, sometimes it can be more of a, I don't want to say a depressive influence because it can be depressive in a like a psychological context. But sometimes it just slows things down or makes things more serious for a period of time. So that um, it's one of those times in the life where clearly things are a little bit more momentous and and everything means a little bit more than it does at other times in your life. For sure. And what it often means too is that there's a lot more on your shoulders or you feel that there's like uh, there's a lot more work on your plate. Um, you're often requested to or required to step into new responsibilities that are maybe heavier than you're used to or you're making in the middle of making major life changes. And so um, you can feel some exacerbation of that around New Year's Day this year in particular. 
Right. And so for those with Capricorn rising, that of course is primarily going to relate to the first house having to do with either your your physical body and appearance or things having to do with your your character and your spirit in general and some changes and restructuring that's taking place in that area of your life over this two or three year period. But um, that conjunction with the Sun and Saturn on New Year's Day is just kind of a reminder and it's kind of setting the tone for the rest of the year in terms of some of the things that you might expect from that transit as it continues to grow and develop over the course of, of the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. So that was actually their, our homework assignment for people this month was to think about since it's been a year now of Saturn going through Capricorn and for you, your first house, we wanted to ask people either how you've started to experience that transit, if it started to manifest as a specific set of circumstances in your life so far since it started last December, or if based on the current trajectory that you're on, if you can kind of see some of the ways or anticipate some of the ways that that's going to manifest for you over the course of the next year or two as we continue to make our way through that transit. So if you have any interesting observations, let us know in the comments section below this YouTube video, or if you're listening to the audio version on uh, the podcast website, just put it on the uh, comment section underneath the description page for this episode. Yeah, we definitely love to hear your stories if you have so- have some so far. And this is important for everyone, but but it's actually the most important for you with Capricorn Sun or Rising. Yeah, definitely. So we will sort of crowdsource the the research for how that how that transit is working out for people so far, and hopefully start to get a sense of some of the many different manifestations of that archetype in people's individual lives. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's it in terms of transits that we wanted to cover for this month. So that's it for this episode. Thanks a lot for watching. Please be sure to like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel, or you can find out more information about the podcast at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe, which includes information about subscriber benefits that you get by becoming a patron of the Astrology Podcast. So thanks a lot for watching. Uh, Good luck. Have a great new year, and we will see you next month for the forecast for January. See you next time. All right. Thanks. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Aquarius and Aquarius Rising for December of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Chris. And we're going to be looking at your transits for the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it. First, here's the transit chart that shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and how far through the zodiac they'll get by the end of the month. The other chart we have is the planetary ingresses, which shows when the planets will move into different signs on different days of the month, as well as when they'll turn retrograde or direct, and also the two lunations, which are the full moon and new moon that take place on different days of the month. So uh, where should we start? Well, um, two of the planets go into Scorpio right at the beginning of the month. So we could start there. Mercury retrogrades back into Scorpio on December 1st. And then Venus moves into Scorpio as well on December 2nd, and it's kind of a, an overlap of two different retrograde cycles returning to your 10th house of career. Right. So we've got both Venus and Mercury simultaneously, nearly simultaneously moving into the 10th house of career, reputation, overall life direction. And both of these are planets that are ending their retrograde cycles. So they're actually returning back to and, and retreading ground that they previously went over over the last few weeks in the case of Mercury or the last few months in the case of Venus. So for for some of you, this is going to be about revisiting events that took place over the course of the past several weeks and sometimes um, bringing things to completion that were left unfinished 
or in some instances, returning back to something that you didn't know that you needed to return back to, but suddenly you're sort of thrust back into a situation where you need to um, reanalyze something and maybe um, do something more or, or push it a little bit further before you can then eventually move on. Right. In addition to those reworking themes, Venus uh, in particular going through a 10th house is is pretty good for kind of um, drawing people to you. And so that will be happening in the area of career. And so if you need to either reconcile with people within the realm of your career, or if you've had any sort of like sticky relationship with a superior during the past few months, it would be a good time to kind of um, smooth that back over. Um, and if you also need to put yourself out there in any sort of career way in the next month, it's a good time to do that because Venus has a sort of magnetism to it. And definitely also if there's been any um, miscommunications or any technical snafus or other things within the context of your career, that Mercury direct station that's taking place around December 6th, 6th should help to rec reconcile or rectify and remedy some of those issues so that if you have been having any any sort of problems in that area, they should start to be cleaned up at that point um, and Mercury will start moving forward again before eventually getting out of Scorpio and out of your 10th house completely and moving into Sagittarius on the 12th. Mm -hmm. So before we get to that point though, we have our first lunation of the month, which is a new moon which takes place in Sagittarius in your 11th house of friends and groups and alliances on December 7th. Right. And so a new moon is a time for a new beginning. And it kind of kickstarts the Jupiter transit, which we already touched on last month, which is going to bring expansion to your um, to your area of friends and groups that you belong to. And so the new moon in Sagittarius on December 7th just kind of kickstarts that larger process off. Um, and then Mercury will join those two as well on, um, what is it, December 12th? Yeah, Mercury moves yeah. back into Sagittarius on December 12th. So that'll expand that even further, a lot more communication with friends and groups. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, we talked a lot about the Jupiter transit last month and the sort of cycle or the themes of growth and expansion in the area of friendship. But since this is a new moon in your 11th house, probably for a lot of you, that's really going to trigger some of those Jupiterian trends that are going to take place over the course of the next year much more concretely and much more uh, sort of dramatically or thoroughly this month because a new moon always represents a new beginning and laying the seeds or the foundations of something that will grow over the next six months. So one of the things that you could start to do this month, especially around the time of the new moon on the 7th, is really to contemplate what you would like to start when it comes to either interactions with friends or groups or larger organizations that you're a part of or that you'd like to be a part of, and what can you initiate or begin at this time that will have a long-term impact on your life and may not have an immediate result or may not have immediate results, but if you keep at it over the course of the next six months, eventually you'll see um, the payoff or you'll see that start to bear fruit around the middle of next year when eventually there's a full moon that'll take place in your 11th house. Mm -hmm. So it can be a good time for like joining new groups, um, seeking out groups or people of like like-minded interests. Um, I'm trying to think of other like concrete eleventh house topics, mm, like joining boards. Not that we ever recommend that, but you know yeah. that's one of those things. <laughs> that was what I did. I became like the president of, I think, the Association for Young Astrologers. <laughs> Last time Jupiter was going through my eleventh house, and. That was that was good. I mean, I'm glad mm -hmm. I did that. It was kind of a hassle, but mm -hmm. things like that are definitely a good example of 
you know, 11th house type activities like mm-hmm. joining an organization or helping to head up an organization. Mm-hmm. And even meetups, those sorts of things can be less formal. Definitely. All right. So that's happening around the time of the new moon, especially on the 7th, but it ramps up when Mercury goes into Sagittarius on December 12th because then we get those additional themes of like communication and quick exchanges and um, sort of intellectual excitement and things like that increasing from December 12th forward. Um, Connected with this, do you have something? Mm -mm, Just the Capricorn. Okay. So connected with this though, um, the entire month, Mars is transiting through Pisces and through your second house. So that's one transit we should mention because that's kind of a background thing that's taking place slowly over the course of pretty much the entirety of December until the very last day of the month. Right. So when Mars transits your second house, it's usually a time where you need to expend more energy or effort towards your finances. And that could be literally like trying to make a bunch of money before the year year ends. Um, It can also be a time where money is more stressful or there's more tensions around money. Um, I'm trying to think of other ways that 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 can manifest. It's usually just either putting a lot more energy towards that area of your life or difficulties with that area. Yeah, sometimes Mars transiting a house like the second can bring additional anxieties involving money or possessions, and sometimes it can bring up actual the the energy surrounding that. um, If it's so, it can kind of overflow and sometimes result in things like um, actual tensions or strife or conflicts surrounding financial matters or possessions. Mm-hmm. So, in some instance that instances that might be necessary, it might be necessary to have some sort of conflict that involves your financial matters. If you know there's something that's that's going wrong that needs to be addressed and needs to be addressed in sort of a head-on way, but you just want to be careful not to go overboard or not to go too far in terms of that transit because sometimes um, it can backfire or it can have downsides if you internalize the energy in a way that's not necessarily healthy. Like sometimes um, Mars transit, another manifestation that might be relevant here is sometimes Mars does things too quickly or excessively. So it can be like spending excessively or Mm, spending more than you should maybe during the holiday season or something like that. Right. Definitely. Yeah. That would be relevant in December. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just try to pay attention to that. That transit's going to be happening most of the month. Mars does link up with Neptune around the early to middle part of the month in Pisces, right? Mm-hmm, around December 7th, near the new moon. Okay, around December 7th. So sometimes that can bring a lack of clarity. Obviously, that's like a long-term, decade-long transit of Neptune going through your second house of finances, which can sometimes bring a certain level of obscurity or a lack of clarity to that area. And Mars hitting that um, is kind of weird because it might mean that there's something about the the spending of money or the focus on money this month when it hits Neptune that could become excessive, but it might not be clear to you how that's the case or why that, that why that's the case. It imports a, a level of like mysteriousness into the picture. Yeah, definitely. And Neptune going through your second as a longer term transit can also be kind of you accidentally drifting into ways of making money, but it not being clear whether that's like a good idea or not yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably something we'll have to come back to. I guess Neptune is stationing right now, actually in it is. November, right? Mm-hmm. So even that's getting sort of amplified at this time. Right. Yeah. So we'll have to come back to that. That's going to be a transit I'm sure that we're going to discuss more in the future. Um, but that's pretty much the Mars transit for this month. So once we get into the third week of the month, 
we run into uh, the sun completes its passage through Sagittarius and it moves into Capricorn on the 21st. So it moves out of your 11th house of friends and groups and moves into your 12th house of solitude. So it's a little bit more retiring of a, of a transit that you always have around the same time each year, starting around December 21st. And then the very next day, we have our second lunation of the month, which is a full moon that takes place in Cancer. Uh, and Cancer is your sixth house of work and health. Yeah. So when the sun goes into Capricorn, it's always an interesting switch from the 11th to the 12th house focus because the 11th is so social, and that's where the sun is for most of um, December. So it's in your social area. And then it switches to the house of solitude near the end. So you may be wanting to spend more time alone towards the end of the month um, and more con more contemplative and so forth. And then the full moon right after that ingress is in your sixth house of work and health. So there may be a temporary culmination of sorts with regard to either a job that you're doing or if you employ other people, there could be some sort of culmination or ending surrounding um, a subordinate, an employee. Um, there are also uh, other sixth house topics can be your, your health routines or your daily routines of, of maintaining your body, basically. So eating regimes or um, uh, going to the gym, those sorts of things, uh, and pets as well. Right. Uh, and so for some people, this could represent a culmination of events. If you've been working on your uh, like going to the gym over the past six months, you may start to see some results, for example, come out of that. Or if there's been other health or dietary things that you've started working on uh, around the middle of last year, having a full moon occurring in your sixth house can sometimes bring those things to light or make those developments more apparent than they have been up until now. Sometimes this can also put the focus on health issues in general. So sometimes it's always good to get checkups or to um, make sure that you're doing regular doctor visits and things like that if possible, just because sometimes um, like a full moon can illuminate issues that need to be dealt with that you otherwise weren't paying attention to or, or were sort of hidden up to that point. But usually knowing about it or having that sort of illumination can be useful and productive rather than, than the opposite, rather than not knowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, same same is true for work related matters. Of course, it can bring things to a sort of culmination with respect to your work, which could be good or bad, depending on what those trends are that have been developing over the last six months in terms of your workplace or in terms of your relationships sometimes with people in your workplace. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much that's the second lunation of the month, and then eventually, the very last transit of the month that we meant to mention is that Mars completes its transit through Pisces. And it ingresses into Aries on December 31st, so on, right on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And so while that's more of a January transit that we'll talk more about next month, it does, it does shift the energy quite a bit um, on the last day of the month. And so where Mars in Pisces is more of a watery energy, Mars in Aries is much more direct. And it's also going to shift into a different area of your life, into the third house, which has to do with um, short distance travel, so your immediate neighborhood, neighbors, siblings, and, and communicative activities. And so you're suddenly, um, as of the last day of December and onward through January, going to be putting much more effort into that area after the, the long finances transit. Yeah. And so most of this transit really isn't going to take place until January, and it's really more of a January transit. But we wanted to mention it just because it's interesting that it switches right on New Year's Eve. So there's almost like a shift of energy that happens right at the very end of the year. 
that's kind of notable or or distinct for some reason. For you, it's switching into your third house, which may have to do with greater focus on communication, sometimes greater tension or anxiety, or sometimes even strife surrounding communication. It can also do to have to do with short distance travel. So certainly take precautions and, and be careful and don't do anything overly impulsive or like dangerous um, when it comes to short distance things. Uh, try to keep yourself in check when it comes to either relationships with people like siblings or relatives or neighbors is also a third house one, which is a funny literal sort of manifestation of the third house sometimes is how it has to do with your neighbors. Right. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, just being careful because Mars can sometimes bring a certain level of impulsiveness to whatever part of the chart it's transiting. So being careful to well, it's okay sometimes to to be impulsive in within you know reason. Certainly, being careful not to overextend yourself or go too far in some of those areas would be wise starting on New Year's Eve. Definitely, and that's followed up immediately on New Year's Day by the Sun Saturn conjunction going exact. And while that is a January thing, it is right after New Year's Eve, so we thought we'd mention it. The Sun Saturn going in conjunction going exact will be in your house of solitude on New Year's Day. So. You may be feeling um, even more of that that um, tenor we were talking about, about towards the end of the month, kind of withdrawing a bit, um, being more serious. And there's going to be a lot of focus on that on New Year's Day in particular. Yeah, with that Sun-Saturn conjunction. And this is basically the, the one year. It's been one year now that Saturn has been transiting through your 12th house. Um, which can be more of an isolated transit sometimes. Uh, the 12th house often has to do with places of isolation, which can sometimes um, indicate a period in which you are either feeling a little bit more retiring or you're just working with things that are a little bit more isolated. Like traditionally, that's been things like like prisons or hospitals, hospitals and places like that. But it can also indicate things like libraries or other sort of isolated places where you're sort of off on your own. Um, the twelfth, though, more broadly, also has to do with endings, since it's the last of the twelve houses before planets move into the first house and sort of start the cycle over again and emerge into the first house in some ways. So sometimes um, a planet, a major outer planet transit, especially like that, can have to do with letting go of certain things and letting go of parts of your life that have sort of run their course, or sometimes relationships that have run their course. Um, when planets like that move through that sign. So one of your homework assignments might be to think about what that transit has been about for you over the course of the past 12 months and ways in which it's sort of become more relevant in your life or ways in which some things have kind of run their course to the extent that maybe it's time to let go or move on from those things um, compared to whatever you were doing previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to toss out one more um, potential manifestation, which is oftentimes when Saturn transits the 12th, people kind of um, get kind of weird feelings uh, subconsciously. And they so it's sometimes a time to work on psychological things. And if you're not really very conscious of that, you can kind of feel like a little off or feel a little weirder than usual, but not know why. And so um, that that could be one way that some people are experiencing it as well as kind of like working on Kind of their their mind, so to speak. Yeah, the twelfth can also be like the past because it was the sign that was rising before you were born, or in the hour or two before you're born. So sometimes it has to do with that which came before, mm -hmm. and so sometimes twelfth house transits can have to do with looking back and reflecting on the past, which is 
sort of almost doubled from a archetypal or a symbolic standpoint with when we're talking about Saturn as the planet that sort of rules or symbolizes time going through that and can certainly represent a period of like looking back and reflecting on lessons from the past and the ramifications that the past has had for the present as well as how you might change things or alter things in seeing and looking back and reflecting on the past and changing what you're doing for for the future to sort of do it differently if you had a second chance. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, let's see. Any other 12th house? I mean, 12th is also enemies, like very literally. We've mentioned that in a lot of the other ones, so we should mention it here just for mm-hmm. the sake of completeness that sometimes the 12th house can literally manifest as those whose intentions sometimes run at cross purposes to your own. And sometimes with like a Saturn transit that can indicate, especially for day charts, like surmountable difficulties of having to wrestle with the um the general topic of just like people you don't get along with in your life. That would probably be like the best keyword. Mm-hmm. So of saying enemies, I right. should just be like Yeah, enemies people. is a little stark. Right. <laughs> enemies like evildoers in your in your life. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. just say those that you don't get along with. Because the 11th, yeah. the contrast is the 11th, which is basically people you do get along with. Yeah, more or less. I sure. Mean, yeah. But with a long-term Saturn transit over the course of, because it's not just a quick transit, it's been happening for a year. It started last December, and it's going to last for another couple of years before Saturn completes its transit through the 12th house and moves into your first house. And actually, that's the other thing we forgot to mention is last month, um, a lot of people asked us why we didn't talk a lot about the nodes changing signs and moving into Cancer and Capricorn. And the reason for that is because the nodes represent the path of the sun and the moon and where they cross each other, which is when eclipses take place, basically when the moon moves in front of the sun. So the nodes are mainly important or they'll become important when eclipses start taking place in Capricorn and Cancer, which is actually going to start next month, where in January we're going to get our first eclipse in Capricorn. And that's going to set off a whole series of eclipses between the 12th and the 6th houses that's going to play out for you over the course of the next uh, couple of years. And that's going to really intensify some of those themes that we talked about with Saturn going through your 12th house. And it's also going to intensify some of the themes that we mentioned um, surrounding that new that, that full moon that's taking place this month in Cancer in your 6th house of work and health. Right. Yeah, so those themes will continue on. So whatever you're experiencing with the Sun-Saturn conjunction and with the full moon in Cancer, those will be part of a larger story that continues on for about the next year and a half. Sure, but the starting point definitely will be uh, the full moon in Cancer on the 22nd and then that Sun-Saturn conjunction that we sort of kick off the year with on New Year's Day, January 1st. Mm -hmm. So that will be sort of like the starting point. And it might be the time where some of those topics become more serious or become more of the focus and become more clear as they start to crystallize as as more concrete events in your life and in your psyche. Right. All right. I think that's it for the transits for this month then, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think we covered everything. All right, cool. Well, thanks a lot, everybody, for watching. Please be sure to uh, like and subscribe to this video. You can find out more information about how to subscribe to the podcast at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe. Uh, We will be back again next month for the horoscopes for January. So have a great new year, and we will see you then. See you next time. All right. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Pisces and Pisces Rising for the month of December of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Chris. And we're going to be looking at your planetary transits for the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it. So this is a transit chart that shows where the planets will start 
at the beginning of the month and how far through the signs of the zodiac they'll get by the end of the month. The other chart we want to look at is the ingress chart, which shows the days in which planets move into different signs of the zodiac, as well as when they station retrograde or direct, and where the lunations will take place, which is the new moon and full moon that will take place during the course of December. So in order to start off, let's start chronologically at the very top of the month, because right, right at the top of the month, we have our first major transits that take place on December 1st and December 2nd, where on the first day of the month, Mercury ingresses into Scorpio, which is your ninth whole sign house of education and travel and beliefs. And then the very next day on December 2nd, Venus also ingresses into Scorpio into your ninth house as well, so that both of those planets spend uh, the first part of the month moving through that sign. Right. And this is kind of a crossing of two different retrograde cycles. So Mercury is retrograde at the beginning of the month and is retrograding back into your ninth house, while Venus was retrograde and is now moving direct through your ninth house. So um, there's a lot of energy surrounding the topics of education and your kind of worldview, things that are foreign to you, and um, and those sorts of things at the beginning of the month and and continuing on. And with Mercury retrograding back into the ninth, it can be a time where you're kind of revisiting either um, old plans for education, um, old belief systems, kind of re reworking what you think about how you see life um, in various ways that can be religion, philosophy, even astrology goes there. And, and things of that nature. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for Mercury, this is just a transit where, because it's a retrograde and it's coming back to the ninth house, it might be revisiting or renegotiating something that's been happening over the course of the past few weeks, especially if there's been any sort of snafus or miscommunications or things like that, and kind of um, revisiting those things in order to rectify them and wrap them up before you're able to move forward again, especially from. December 6th onward, which is when Mercury stations direct. Um, but with Venus also re going through that sign and returning back to that sign after having gone retrograde there uh, a couple of months ago, it may be part of more of a long-term sort of revisiting that area of your life as well and sort of unifying or smoothing some things over in that area that may have gotten ruffled um, several weeks ago when Venus first went retrograde there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Venus was in Scorpio in your ninth house in September and October. So you may be coming back to things that you were thinking about doing at that time, maybe travel plans or plans for education that you weren't certain of or were kind of not going forward and now may go forward. Yeah, so it may be like revisiting a course <clears throat> of education, revisiting a plan for travel. Some For some people it can be sort of renegotiating your beliefs or your philosophy since the ninth house also has to do with one's personal beliefs. In other instances, it can be um, just anything that which is foreign to you, which sometimes can manifest very literally in like a foreign person coming into your life that somehow changes things or uproots things in some way. Other times it can be more literally like a trip or like a trip or a travel to a foreign country or foreign place which then alters some of your beliefs or alters your sort of outlook on life, sometimes in subtle and other times in very major ways. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's happening especially in the first part of the month. It intensifies around the time of Mercury stationing direct on December 6th. Um, immediately after that on December 7th, we have a new moon in Sagittarius, uh, which is taking place in your 10th house of career, uh, life direction, reputation, and uh, other 10th house topics like that. 
Mm -hmm. And that's where you're going to be experiencing uh, an expansion over the next year in general, because Jupiter moved in there last month. And so Jupiter always expands whatever it touches. And so it is for you and through most of 2019, a time of expansion for your career matters. Um, but the new moon in particular on December 7th will kind of kickstart that process in particular because new moons are always new starts. Yeah. So we talked a lot, I think, last month when Jupiter first went into Sagittarius about those sort of cycles of growth and expansion that you should be feeling over the course of the next year. Um, but that's really going to kick off this month with this new moon because a new moon represents a new beginning or a new start to whatever house it falls in. So for you, you're going to be laying some sort of new foundation or laying the seeds of something that will grow and develop in that area of your life over the course of the next six months until eventually you'll see that start to bear fruit around the middle part of next year when eventually there's going to be a full moon that takes place in your 10th house around next June. Mm -hmm. June? Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of your homework assignments for this month is to think about what you would like to start or initiate in the area of your career and your overall life direction that may not have an immediate payoff or immediate results, but that if you keep at it over the course of the next six months, you could in the long term start to see some results and see some major changes in your life uh, by the middle of next year and what things you would sort of like to envision or like to see happen in that area of your life that are actually um, plausible or, or possible to take place if you just keep at it on a long enough time timeline. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's going to intensify, that transit's going to intensify um, around the middle of the month when Mercury actually also ingresses into Sagittarius on December 12th. So it'll bring some of the communicative and the sort of increase of activity to that area of your life with your 10th house. Um, another major transit we should mention this month that is not on our ingress sheet, but we can see it on the circular chart is that Mars is actually transiting through Pisces for pretty much the entirety of the month until the very last day of December when it ingresses into Aries. But as a result of that, Mars is actually moving through your rising sign or your sun sign or moon sign, depending on what perspective you're looking at this horoscope from. We usually recommend your rising sign uh, for pretty much the entirety of December. Right. And so when Mars transits your first house, it's a time of greater energy overall, can be greater vitality. Um, you could just feel more energetic and feel like you can put more energy towards your goals. And that kind of ties in nicely with the expansion and new moon in your career area, of course. Um, so it's a good thing if you have like a lot to get done, you can kind of feel like a lot of vigor and like, you know, you can do lots of things at once. The one thing to kind of keep in mind, though, is it can make you a little bit more abrasive or aggressive because of kind of all that energy fueling you. You can occasionally like rub people the wrong way if you're not careful because it's not like a sensitive feeling transit. It's more of a getting things done transit. Right. So try not to be too obnoxious this month, try not to start any fights. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, sometimes it can be a period of greater anxiety, but um, oftentimes it can just, that can, the, the energy, which can be harnessed productively into just like getting a lot done, can sometimes backfire and turn into like irritability or getting into fights with people or having too short of a temper, especially if it's hitting some other natal planets in your chart in a way that's kind of tough. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to depend on your individual chart. But a good piece of advice then is just to try to remain calm this month. Try not to do things too impetuously or um, like dive into things that you might later regret um, if you were in a calmer, like more sober frame of mind. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So this could re sometimes the first house relates to 
your character and your personality, which is the primary way that we're framing this. It can also sometimes relate to the body. Mm-hmm. So you want to take extra precautions to be careful not to like overexert yourself physically this month so that you like push yourself beyond your limits and end up like like hurting yourself or something like that if you if you're not careful or if you go too far. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I was going to mention that as well because usually when people have a lot more physical energy, they might want to go to the gym more or things like that, but you just want to make sure you don't hurt yourself in the process. Yeah, it's just a matter of um, you know, being able to do that and harness that energy but still have some level of caution and some level of what like temperateness or what's what's the word yeah. I'm looking for? Yeah, temperance because temperance. Mars is not temperate. So you have right. to kind of like consciously keep that in mind. Yeah, definitely. All right. So that transit's <laughs> happening most of the month until the very last day of December. Um, and then it changes signs. But before we get there, on the 21st of December, we have an ingress where the sun moves out of Sagittarius and out of your 10th house and it moves into Capricorn, which is your 11th house of friends. So it brings a little bit more of a, a social shift towards the end of the month. And right around the same time period, we have on the very next day, on December 22nd, we have a full moon, the second lunation of the month, which is going to take place in Cancer in your fifth whole sign house. Right. And so that will bring a culmination to topics such as children, um, your romance, your, your romantic life, creative pursuits that you may do, and, and things of that nature. Yeah. So for some of you, if if you have children, if there's things going on in your life with respect to children that have been building up over the course of the past six months, usually a full moon can bring to light or bring to a sort of head, bring to head uh, some of the developments taking place in that area. Um, for other people, if you're into creative pursuits, the fifth house is not necessarily just literally children, which are sort of a physical creation of the individual, but also sometimes artistic creations or other things of that matter. You can see a culmination of events with respect to your um, sort of creative endeavors or with respect to your sense of sort of inspiration in a general or a broader sense. Mm-hmm. The fifth house can sometimes also represent games or the area of our life where we kind of let go and have fun. So sometimes like leisurely activities, if there's something that you've become interested in over the course of the past six months, ever since there was a new moon there during the middle part of of earlier this year, you might see this area of your life starting to become more important or your interests in that specific activity becoming more um, serious than you might have considered them to be previously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've covered a lot of the topics of the fifth house. Yeah. One of my favorite people that I always mention for the fifth house is like Tiger Woods because he has the ruler of the ascendant there and he's become his entire life has become about golf, but golf is otherwise just like a like a leisurely activity or like a game for most people, but for him it's become his his actual career. Yeah, definitely. So sometimes, you know, you might not necessarily become like a world champion golfer during this transit, but otherwise thinking about like leisurely activities or games or the area of your life where you sort of blow off steam and uh, the the extent to which that's become an important or necessary part of your life around the time of that full moon would be a good thing to to think about. Mm-hmm. Or even just prioritizing that a little bit more than usual, just going out more. Sure. Yeah. All right. So um, that eventually brings us to the very last day of the month, where <clears throat> Mars, which is moving through Pisces, the entire month eventually switches signs on New Year's Eve on December thirty first. And it moves into Aries, which is your second whole sign house. So the second house has to do with finances and possessions primarily. So there's some sort of shift that takes place at the very, very end of the year 
where Mars's energy moves out of your first house and moves into the domain of your life that has to do with material goods. So um, this is mainly a transit that's going to become relevant next month because it's going to be going on for the entirety of January. But we wanted to mention it here because it's kind of notable that it happens right at the turn of the the year, and it seems to indicate a sort of shift in energy um, right as one year is ending and the new year is beginning. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that'll happen more in January, but. It does um, shift from your focus on general energetic, um, being energetic overall in your life to putting more energy towards your finances, maybe more anxiety towards your finances, maybe looking at your check um, checkbook on December 31st and realizing how much you spent on the holidays, things of that nature. Yeah, Mars transits through the second house can definitely be about <laughs> spending quickly or like overspending sometimes, spending. Um, impulsively is something you sometimes have to be careful about. I know one native who has Mars in the second natally, and and spending impulsively and sort of lavishly is the thing that he actually struggles with as an interesting like side effect of that transit. Mm -hmm. So as a temporary thing, that's something to watch out for. Um, yeah, keep keep uh, also avoid sort of conflicts involving financial matters and other things like that. So this is something we'll probably talk about more. A lot next month, since this transit's really going to dominate January, mm -hmm. but it really kicks off on December first. So it's something to pay attention to, just in the event that it's somehow relevant for you or becomes relevant on that last day of the year. Right. All right. I think that's pretty much it then in terms of uh, transits that we meant to mention. Right. Um. There's one more thing that happens right at the end of the year or the beginning of the next year. So the Sun Saturn conjunction in Capricorn goes exact actually right on New Year's Day. And that's in your 11th house of friends and groups. And so that's going to kind of really intensify that feeling of the Saturn transit for you, which is a, a three-year transit that we're about a year into at this point. Um, but the Sun-Saturn conjunction happening on New Year's Day is kind of notable because New Year's Day is often a time of New Year's resolutions and things of that nature where people kind of try to clean up after New Year's Eve and become more serious about what they're doing next. And so it's it's going to feel even more so than usual. And for you, that's going to be focused on, in particular, the area of friends and groups that you belong to. Any responsibilities in those areas, in particular. Yeah. So this is the basically almost one year now that we've been going through Saturn uh, in Capricorn, which ingressed into Capricorn in December of 2017, and that's your eleventh house of friends and alliances and groups. And it can be kind of a heavy transit where matters surrounding friends become more serious. Um, sometimes more burdensome. Sometimes um, some friendships may cool off during that period, or you may you may have a period of going through sort of like testing of certain friendships where some of them may not really live up to what you thought that they were, and some friendships might sort of fall away. Whereas other friendships might get stronger as a result of circumstances that bring you closer together. Um, so since it's been a year of that transit and we're having that Sun-Saturn conjunction, which is actually the second Sun-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn, right on New Year's Day, it's kind of an interesting way to kick off the year and really bring that, that Saturn transit back into focus, which will become even more significant over the course of the next year because we're going to start having eclipses occur in Capricorn and in Cancer uh, starting in January. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people asked us last month why we didn't talk a lot about the shift of the nodes, which moved into Cancer and Capricorn in November. And it's because the nodes are just mathematical points which represent the path of the sun and the path of the moon and where those cross. And when that happens, of course, when the sun 
where when the moon passes over the sun, we of course get an eclipse. So the nodes actually really become relevant when we start having eclipses in those signs that they're moving through, and that'll begin next month with our very first solar eclipse in Capricorn. So we're going to start seeing some major themes, just reemphasizing that Saturn transit through your 11th house and friends, groups, alliances, and organizations becoming more important, and then some of those other 5th house transits that we were talking about earlier with the full moon also becoming more relevant in the long term over the course of the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it though. We're we're already you know there's so much exciting stuff coming up in January that we're already basically like itch, itching January. to get into January. <laughs> yeah. So we should probably stop ourselves now and call yeah. it call it a, a day for this horoscope for December of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks everybody for watching. We appreciate your uh, feedback. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to this video on YouTube. Otherwise, you can go to theastrologypodcast.com/slash/subscribe to subscribe to the podcast and find out about some great subscriber benefits. Um, But otherwise, have a great new year, and we will see you again for the horoscope for January next month. We'll see you next time. All right. Have a good new year.